With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks for downloading the Sunranto Show. For early and ad-free access to Sunranto, please become a subscriber at patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto, where you'll have access to not only this show early and ad-free, but also our daily Cubs pod, which lets you know what happened in the Cubs game and all the Cubs news that's fit to print on a daily basis. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Don't make me tell you again. Enjoy the show. Cubby's blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the love of old Lucy. Lucho Scali. Michael. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy cubiversary. Oh, it's, you know, we didn't think it ever happened in our lifetime, and now it's only happened once, and this is the only joy we have in Mudville anymore. Hey, better, better than nunce, that's what I always say. Um, welcome to the Seth Kennedy New York City Marathon Show we're going four hours tonight, all about the 40-man roster. And, of course, it's the day IFG gets a terrible migraine and can't be here because she feels like crap. She actually texted. She's going to try and come oh, on because right. she uh, couldn't – she could not sleep because her head is bugging her that much. So Yeah, well, we told her she doesn't have to be here because we've got lots of other friends – uh, and we miss her, of course, but um, we got lots of other friends that are going to stop by tonight and help us out do four hours on the Cubs 40, man. Uh, this is brought to you by, well, Seth Kennedy, one of our super ranters and 117 Patreon supporters. Thank you very much. If, if you want us to do a four-hour show for you, then patreon.com slash sunranto. And, uh, we'll, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you want us to do a four-hour marathon for you, 
you need to try to do a marathon yourself because this well, is the second time we've done this in 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 my history. I don't know, Danny, you didn't do this before I was on the show. No, this you? is the second marathon show. Not that we haven't done four hour shows before, but it was <laughs> just. In fact, that other marathon show, uh, Dawn, she that was like five six hours. That I think we went six hours because she needed five hours to complete the marathon, so she asked us to do five, and that was that was so long ago. We didn't even know if we could do five. Yeah, we did. And then we did like six. But fast people, (laughs) fast people only, please. Um, Anyway, I just want to put up, uh, before we bring in our first guests, uh, I want to bring up the, for the video watchers, not the podcast listeners, including Seth, who's listening right now at his ears. He's going over the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. From Staten Island to Brooklyn. I love how they make, like, Staten Island, you're just barely in it. Yeah, You're like, hey, you guys don't really want to be in Staten Island. We're just going to start you here. You run over the bridge, you're in Brooklyn right away. Because that's what the, the marathon map is. So right now, he's running over the Verrazano Narrows Bridge, which until the year 2000, in the year 2000, it was, I forget which way it was, but it was like $12 toll. Dude, just oh to go God. one way on the bridge, and then you didn't have to pay the other way. Now you have to pay both ways, but it's half as much. I don't understand, uh, really, either way why it happened. But I can explain. That's... Oh, you could. Oh, IFG's here. Welcome. Uh, Welcome. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm from Staten Island uh, originally, and there was a law on the books that said every citizen needs a free path to their state capital. Um, so to get across the Verrazano, which I used to be able to see from my bedroom window, um, from Staten Island to uh, to Manhattan was free, and then you had to pay to come back. It was seven fifty when I left in like nineteen ninety three. Yeah, it was um, like twelve bucks by the time I left, and we'd always like drive through Brooklyn and go try to go a completely different way to try to leave Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Was- I think I think what they ultimately did didn't they make the ferry free instead so that they could charge the toll both ways? Yeah, the ferry is fifty cents coming back. That's what or, it is. Yeah. That's so awesome. uh, well, thanks for coming, IFG. I wasn't sure if you were going to make it, but I'm glad you feel well hey. enough to be with us tonight, at least for a little bit of time. Okay, yeah, so hold on. What? We did have that map up there, and I did have a question. Isn't the New York City Marathon supposed to go through all five boroughs? It does. Okay. So for people who are looking, it's – I don't – I see Brooklyn. I see Manhattan. Do you see right where it crosses over 278 and there's like a little inlet and it goes right by Astoria? That's Queens. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, okay. is Astoria, Queens, or at least near it? Then you run okay, into so Manhattan – and then you run north, just dip into the Bronx, that's right where Yankee Stadium is, and then you come back down Harlem and run down uh, Fifth Avenue. Okay, I get I'll it. explain oh. it as we go because I lived there for 18 years. I'm going to bring on our first guests. Uh, first of all, live from the Arizona Fall League, it's Sarah Sanchez from the Cup of Cubby Blue podcast. And hi, Sarah. What are you doing in Arizona? I am here for a conference called First Pitch Arizona, which is basically like Comic-Con for fantasy baseball people. And so we are going to watch a lot of Arizona Fall League. We're going to talk about all the strategies we use for roster construction for various roto uh, builds or points builds or all the new stats that we're inventing to try to figure out which pitchers are real and which ones are going to bust. And uh, it's going to be a rad time. It's going to be about 200 of us hanging out. We are right next to 
Sloan Park where the Cubs play. So I like literally drove up and saw Sloan Park, which is really cool. I want to send Cotton to that conference next year. Just go to all those tech seminars just to be, get up and like disrupt things and ask well, terrible questions that piss everybody off. That's let what me I want. A- let me give a quick plug. Uh, my panel is Saturday night. Uh, it is the, we did a first year rookie draft. So we took all the players who have rookie eligibility for 2024 and we drafted teams and we're going to play a league based on that. So we're going to talk through that draft. I'm really excited about it. There's some awesome people who were in that draft with me. Very cool. Well, welcome. But we're already a, we got four states represented right now, Arizona, Illinois, Iowa, and Washington. So why don't we bring another state into the Let's mix? Let's bring a fifth. Yeah. It's Just Ohio. Like, like, the, like the five boroughs, we have yeah. five states. We, we, got, we, got a, we got a swing state in the mix. Even the dog's like, nobody's ever been that excited about Ohio. No, and she, she's, she's reprimanding me. Like, hey, calm down. <laughs> okay, speaking of Ohio, I bumped into one of my friends from Cleveland here uh, right as I was checking in to the conference, and he is very upset because they have an Airbnb close to Sloan Park, and it is the Cubs House Airbnb. So he's a yes. Cleveland fan, and he's having some trauma today. I, on the other hand, wish I was staying in the Cubs House. That sounds like it would be amazing. Yeah, you know what? If he was smart, he would have just said, Sarah, let's switch. You do this over here because you'll enjoy it, and I'll stay wherever you're, you're staying. So while I have you guys on, I know, Billy, you've got a show tonight. You're trying out some new jokes. Uh, if, if people don't know, Billy's a stand-up comedian. You should follow him and go see his shows live. And, Among uh, Sarah, other things, B- Billy has many hats. Many, many hats, including a what, – what are you wearing right now? A Texas Rangers hat? Yeah, man. I am, and I've oh, got. I thought that was a Title Nine hat. It's much less cool now. That's Title Ten, actually. Yeah, X is ten. It, yeah, but well, there's a line in front of it, Danny. That's uh, the nine. Now look, I know I need to stand up for myself, as in I've, I've, I have worn and shown Mariners paraphernalia, of course. But I have family in Dallas, and I've spent many, many summers in Dallas. So it's not like I've been a turncoat here. I'm just have, like Cotton said, many hats. <laughs> and to prove it here, oh, here we go. Here's an old one for you guys. Also, Reds legend Nick Solak jersey. Oh, wow. That I barfed on last week. <laughs> <laughs> you're so, you're so were, were you all at over the it. World Series? Were you that guy at the World Series just sitting in the stands vomiting? <laughs> See yeah. that video? If the World Series was Milton's, then yeah, I guess so. <laughs> was there a World Series vomiting guy that I missed? <laughs> if it if it wasn't World Series, then it was one of the championship series. But it's yeah. this it was this playoffs, and he's just like sitting in his seat, and I think he's just super hammered. And he's just slowly like trying not to oh, vomit. And yeah. brutal! I'm looking at it right now. Do oh. not show us. No yeah, one wants no. to see it, Danny. No. Yeah, we'll get shut down. <laughs> the fact a, that I've even said it this many times already <laughs> on the show, I feel bad about it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm oh, frustrated dude. that I even brought it up. There was uh, uh, I, can't, I can't. No, we're not no. watching. There, there's, a, there's a great video from the Bengals' first game last season where this lady who has like a tank top on. Of course, she has the rose tattoo on her left boob because it's necessary if you're from the west side of Cincinnati, and she's sitting there. And she chugs a, a white claw and then just stops and just starts barfing. 
on herself and hitting the person in front of her, and the person in front of her is wearing a neck brace and is trying to turn around <laughs> to stop. And it went viral, and it's probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> just like, just, just, can you stop? <laughs> well, question what, 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 what's going on back there? <laughs> Why does it feel like I'm being misted? Well, question question for the group. I mean, we're early in Seth's run to be talking about puking, but um, <laughs> right. thank God we didn't do this at the end when he might actually want to vomit. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about puking again. It's a it's a long night. But uh, have you ever puked at the ballpark? Uh, no, obviously not. What do you mean, obviously? <laughs> I would. I don't think people would say that about me. It's not obvious. Yeah. Well, it's not obvious you and I have very different personas, Danny. <laughs> I've puked outside of the ballpark. Sure. Yes, I have too. No. I had a really terrible hot dog at a minor league park once. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, so yours, yours was uh, food induced. Yeah. Oh, you were running the glizzy gambit. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I Sometimes have. You take your chances and you pay your dues. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, and you'd rather go anywhere. That, like, there was one to, I mean, I'd read. The Wrigley bars are probably worse places to use the bathroom or to puke in than the ballpark itself, which they keep relatively clean. So, like, on opening day, people were hammered by 10 a.m., and I'm like, oh, God, my stomach's rumbling a little bit. And I went, like, to a few different places, and they were all completely destroyed. And I was like, there's absolutely no way this is happening. I'm, like, texting Stuart, and I'm like, dude, can I get – in your condo, he's like, "No, man, we left." I walked all the way home just to use a, <laughs> a mile home. Yeah, but I mean, because you know, you don't want to have uh, stomach issues at rig at the ballpark because then you might as well just leave, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I have I have never had to use a stall for any reason at uh, Wrigley Field. Oh well, lucky you. Um, hashtag chance in the chat, by the way, I didn't bring that up. You can win a Frank chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and doom. And I'm going to give away multiple chances tonight. There's going to be four chance giveaways every hour. We're doing a chance. That's what's happening. I'm going to go grab a beer real fast. Be back in like 30 seconds. Sounds good. Mike will definitely be puking at the end. See, we will be talking about puking later (laughs) in the show when Michael gets too hammered and, uh, Candle this liquor. So, uh, Billy, let me ask you before you got to go. It's um, the Reds. Close but no cigar. Maybe a little bit diamond backy in the way that they surged throughout the season, I would say. Sure. Seeing how far they go, they went this year, does that give you hope for your future? Well, how, how are you feeling right I now? I lost you. Can oh, you? We, we still have. We can oh. hear him. Are you there? I, I I'm here. We still have people are going here. in and out. My internet is being weird. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, well, I'm I'm asking if you can hear me now. I, I can hear you now. Okay, I'm asking uh, if you feel confident about the future of the Reds, given what you just saw happen with the D-backs. Yeah, I was confident even before going into what happened with the Diamondbacks, because anything can happen in this postseason tournament. You never know. It's uh, it's crazy. So it's just if you get hot, as soon as you get hot, anything can happen. So uh, I don't think they could have had that type of run with how they're constructed, but I have faith with how they'll be constructed moving into next season because they're actually going to have money to spend. So I think they're actually going to go get a starting pitcher. 
I think they're probably going to go get a reliever or two and then let her roll. Cause that's, that was the glaring hole. The other stuff I would want is very minor compared to that. So I feel good. I feel confident that they'll be able to do it th- this next year. Well, that's if, if we don't do it. What do you think, Sarah? Do you think we might have a chance of doing it? <laughs> I mean, this is highly dependent on what the Cubs actually wind up doing this offseason. And, right. and I am cautiously optimistic that they are going to try and bring back like a Cody Bellinger or at least address the fact that they don't currently have a slam dunk center fielder or first baseman. Like I know that we saw 60 plate appearances for Pete Carl Armstrong or whatever it was. And frankly, as far as I can tell, the man can't catch up to a 93 mile per hour fastball. So that is going to preclude him being the Cubs center fielder of the future for at least 2024. I don't think that's a problem long-term. I think it's a problem right now. And so they need some sort of solution at center field. They need some sort of solution at first base. And they probably need at least one starting pitcher, if not two, because I think Marcus Stroman is going to opt out given the pitching environment right now. I wasn't sure he was going to based on injuries um, that had happened, but actually looking at the free agent class and what he might demand in this environment, I think he might opt out. And if he does, the Cubs are going to need to replace Stroman. They're going to have to come to terms with Kyle Hendricks. Uh, there are some guys out there I'm interested in to fill those roles. Aaron Nola could be really interesting there, for example. Super, super intrigued by that, but the Cubs have some work to do. It's going to be interesting to see just how much money they are allowed to spend this offseason because these are not problems that can be fixed just from the farm system. And and just to, just to confirm, um, this is baseball and center fielders and first basemen and starting pitchers are all very necessary and can't just be done without, right? It, it, yes, they, they, they are essential members of the 40-man roster. <laughs> you mean we can't just play with 10 guys like David Ross keeps trying to? I mean, David Ross can try, and the Cubs will come close to losing 100 games again. I think we all know what this team looked like while Cody Bellinger was on the IL when they were trying to win games without having, like, Nico Horner in the lineup, for example, right? Like, this roster is not deep. So there are reasons to be optimistic, but the Cubs 2024 – depends highly on what they do this offseason. And frankly, they're going to have to spend some cash if they want to compete in this division. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm actually, honestly, fairly surprised because I'm not really looking at the free agency stuff much yet or following those. So, Sarah, you're saying that the environment right now is that, what, just limited number of pitchers? There are a handful of pitchers on the free agent market who should command some decent deals. Blake Snell is a free agent. Aaron Nola, who I already mentioned, is a free agent. But I think that the amount of money, because of the teams who are competitive that need pitching, the amount of money that they are going to be willing to spend on a starting pitcher like Stroman, even with his injury problems at the end of 2023, will be higher than what he is guaranteed through the Cubs, through his deal right now. Because so if, if I'm Marcus Stroman's I, agent, I, I want him to opt out and get another at least two- or three-year deal, probably something longer, because right at this moment in time, like, for example, the Padres have two pitchers. They have Joe Musgrove and they have Hugh Darvish, who is having surgery this offseason. They need at least three guys in that rotation. They're losing Blake Snell. Do you think they wouldn't pay Marcus Stroman more than what the Cubs are paying him right now? The the Phillies 
are losing Aaron Nola. That is a competitive team that is going to need to replace that arm. Now they have some interesting options in their farm system, but I'm just, but they're also willing to spend money. And I just, I think that the teams who are willing to spend money, the Reds need some starting pitching and they have a ton of money to spend. So the teams who are willing to spend money, who will offer, in my opinion, Marcus Stroman a better deal than what he currently has with the Cubs, and it's the last year of his deal, so he'd be a fool not to try his chances on this market. Well, I want to say that's really bad news. I I was I had already given up, been like, oh, Strowman's coming back. I was already thinking. Well, we shall see. I want to see who's on. I, I, I want to bring somebody else's voice into the conversation. Luis has been waiting patiently here in the green room. Hey, Luis Medina from Bleacher Nations and the Bleacher Nations resident Taylor Swift expert. Um, <laughs> You, are you going over to uh, Europe to see her play? I heard it's uh, a little cheaper. I, I am going to Canada. Uh, I got I got lucky. Uh, a friend got a ticket uh, for the Toronto show. Who? Northern when is, Europe. When? When is that? That's in November 2024. So I've got time. Oh my goodness! They, yeah. <laughs> Hang in there. Hang in there. The, it, the anticipation. A long time from now. Yeah. She's doing. She's she's got Europe this winter. Well, she's got. Argentina, Argentina, Brazil, and then it's a Europe trip, and then it's Australia, and then she has a second leg in the fall of, of, for the United States. Well, that's good. So, She's got two legs. She's got a lot, a lot of dancing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you mean standing? So, so what do you think by then? Do we have the Travis Kelsey album? or? <laughs> yeah, we'll have that by then. She's doing another album probably next fall. So. Yeah. So besides meeting Taylor Swift, uh, who's who's on your wish list for the Cubs this offseason? Sarah brought up a lot of names that the Cubs oh, yeah. are going to have to do. We're not the only team that's looking for this stuff, uh, starting pitching a bat. But where, where do the Cubs start to be competitive next year? They got to start with the pitching. Like I was thinking about it earlier this morning because I was thinking about uh, Jamison Tyon, how like – he was kind of he was just so bad for most of the year, but like he was like their one consistent starter in September. He had a pretty good September, so but like you need a guy that can bump him down to like the third or fourth starter. I mean, obviously Otani's at the top of my list. Yamamoto is is interesting. Another another Japanese import, and then and then I wonder if like do they have to trade Strowman? Do they have to let go of Kyle? Ugh. I did you see the article today? I believe it was about trading Kyle to the Cardinals, picking up the option and trading him, or that no. he'd be a good fit. Yeah, I think it was Sports Illustrated, which is really gone down here. Oh, yeah. No, like, I, I, I saw that clickbait garbage. Yeah. Trading, man, like you, do you want to have January 6th at Wrigley Field? Trade, like, <laughs> to, the, to the Cardinals. And here, that's just the oh, Cardinals fans. I hold, mean, on it, it, hold on a second here real quick. 20 minutes ago, this came in, but uh, I missed it. Seth Kennedy, our marathon man, uh, says, not sticking around, obviously. Just here to say this is awesome, and thank you, and I parasocially love you all. I don't know what parasocially is, but I feel like I'm going to get itchy tomorrow. And then oh. he says... <laughs> don't, don't be and, those fancy words around with me. Yeah, and also... He wants a chance at the postcard, even as he's running a marathon. He's in Brooklyn right now. He's running into Brooklyn. Um, I lived in um, Brooklyn. He's not quite to where I lived. He's going to be getting to hipster Brooklyn or or to rich people Brooklyn, like 
kind of uh, Park Slope. Not that's not really Cosby Brooklyn, but it kind of looks like Cosby Brooklyn, Ooh. like Cosby Show Brooklyn. So, um, so enjoy that. <laughs> the, yeah. the smell we- of garbage on the streets <laughs> just wonderful. Look, look around, Seth. Look at the people on your street and see if any of them are wearing multicolored sweaters. It might be Pat Hughes <laughs> or Bill Cosby. So or uh, Biggie. Yeah, <laughs> all those You're very just, unlikely. You guys are all picking yeah. people that absolutely couldn't be. At least maybe Pat Hughes could be there. Well, I mean, Bill Cosby is a free man, so it could be. Yeah, and oh, just right. yeah, I thought he was still in jail. Just be wary of anything he's handing out, holding for you to drink. That's all I'd say. Oh yeah, don't take the cup of <laughs> water from Bill Cosby. Nope. Do not take anything from Bill Cosby. No. Um, so yeah, so back to the Cubs. <laughs> oh, sorry, or, or, to, or to the let's talk Real about transition. the. Whole, I want to talk about the whole kind of thing we just saw. The whole playoff scenario. You you had a surprise team in Arizona. Eighty four wins makes it all the way to the World Series, sweeping the Brewers and Dodgers. Um, you know the the at least the hated Astros were kicked out uh, of the the situation. Um, the. A, a, a new team atop the AL East in there with the Orioles. I mean, it was just kind of a different look for these playoffs. Not a lot of normal can, names in it. And what do you what do you make of that? A lot of that new blood. blood. A lot of new not a lot of new names in there. Houston's old. I guess Philly was there last year, but you know other. No Red Sox, no Yankees, no Cardinals. It's one of the best playoffs of all time. Yeah, and, and also spending money works. Like. The Phillies spent money. The Rangers spent money. You go out, you spend some money, you get the right guys on your team. And I know somebody out there is like, but it didn't work for the Padres or the Mets. Yes, you have to be smart about how you spend your money, and you have to construct a roster that has good chemistry and whatnot. And you probably need a really great manager like a Bruce Bochy to pull it all together because the difference between the Rangers this year and the Rangers last year is truly like that dude and some pitching. But also, spending money with the right management works. You can get a really big advantage if you go out and get the right talented players. And I think I would love Jed Hoyer to get inspired to go on a spending spree this offseason. I I would love love Jed Hoyer to get inspired to go to a different team and get uh <laughs> has Kim Ng picked up anywhere? That's who I no. want. And and also it shows the importance of pressing the right buttons at the deadline. I mean when they went and swapped for Jordan Montgomery, that was massive. That was huge. And then when they went for Chappie, I mean, they went through and they, they cobblestoned a bullpen together that got hot at the right time along with that money that they spent with big game Evaldi, dude. Like, they didn't just throw in the towel like, oh, we're out with DeGrom, it's over. No, they kept going and their front office knew what to do. And, and Luis, you were saying, uh, who, are you, who are you texting me? I'm looking back at, uh, oh, you say... Uh, Belly, oh no, this was Cerami texting us saying, Juan say, Soto. Are you, I think Luis is frozen. Oh, is he? He has been sit, looking really pensive for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I was just looking at him and I'm like, is he just contemplating what we're doing here? Or, oh, there we he, just got a movement. A nope. Well, he, and also look at the diamond back. I just heard his modem go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the mouse on the wheel's taking a nap. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but look at the Diamondbacks too. They made all the right trades at the deadline, going to go get Seawald and knowing who they could get rid of and who could be flexible and trading for Tommy Pham. Like 
I mean, it's just like, you know, if you can get rid of a 14th, 15th best prospect in your system to go get a known closer, you go and you do it. Well, and letting the young guys that they have play the game. Well, when you have Corbin Carroll, that's an easy plug in, you know? Well, I, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what an easy plug in is anymore because we see, I mean, with the Cubs, we see guys who are, who look like they're good or look like they need an opportunity. They do a lot of good stuff when they're in Chicago and then they just get sent down or benched or whatever. So like anymore, I don't know what a, like, yeah, Corbin Carroll was excellent. Would he have gotten that same opportunity on this Cubs team with David Ross? He would have sat there for four weeks waiting for at bats because Ross plays the veterans and not the guys who are hot. Like, I mean, I was so, I was so utterly frustrated with the Alexander Canario and Nelson Velasquez experiences this year. Like, Nelson Velasquez is breaking for the Kansas City Royals. Are you telling me the Cubs couldn't have used 17 home runs in their lineup this season? Oh, apparently not, but he, he hardly played. Four weeks or whatever, he was with the big league team. And this is a – David Ross is going to have to get over it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was and just saying they had too many outfielders. And that's why all of us are bitching and not sitting here being like, man, our team's won the whole fucking thing, huh? <laughs> well, huh? Just speaking of too many outfielders, one of the things we are going to do tonight is run through the entire 40-man roster. <laughs> um, we, 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 we had Luis. We lost Luis. I, I don't know. Hopefully we get Luis back. Um, but uh, – no, here's the 40-man outfielders. It's a crowded outfield, especially considering that you've already locked up Ian Happ and Suzuki as two of the guys, and everybody – and then, you know, Ballinger is still on this list right now because, you know, he was on the 40-man or he uh, – Well, he technically still is, still is until he – until he elects free agency, right? It's like five days from now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So technically, I mean, there's going to be a lot of technical things happening coming soon. But, you know, that's what Kevin Alcantara is an outfielder. Canario is an outfielder. Pete Carroll Armstrong. Brendan Davis has still got a big question. We're going to go through all these guys. You still got Tachman, who had a heck of a year uh, for us uh, unexpectedly. But um, anyway, it's it, somebody's got to get traded, I think, eventually. IFG, you said something last week. Mm-hmm. That keeps reverberating in my head, which is top 10 prospects are what you buy good teams with. Yes. And and I was like, yeah, because, you know, if you have a glut of these prospects that are sitting there, they can't all play. There's one job for all the outfield prospects right mm-hmm. now. There's one. That's yeah. it. And so you've got to do something, and you can't be too precious with your dudes. Um, now, you hope you pick right, but I just – that's been reverberating with me all week. And, like, and I wish we gave those guys a little bit more of a chance to play, even to showcase them for such a thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm so glad that Alexander Canario is playing down on lead-on because at least there will be scouts there looking at him going, hmm, maybe this kid's actually good. And maybe they go back to their team and they go, hey, you know, maybe we trade for this guy. Because he plays right field. Like, we have a right fielder. He's never going to get, like, full season time in right field at Wrigley. But he could be a decent trade piece if he has the stuff to prove. Yeah. 
I, I, I totally, I, I've been watching a little bit of the Lightham too, and Canario's been doing great down there. He had a great minor league time of it in AAA. He tore it up, and then the only time that he 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 just got benched basically for a month yeah. and, and got to like watch baseball from a really good seat. Pretty much is what happened there. Um, and you know what really sucks about that too is that you know IFG you made a good point. There's going to be scouts there from other teams watching. They're going to be paying attention to him. They're going to want to trade for him. They're going to offer less because they know that the Cubs think he's a bench player instead of a starter. You know what I mean? If you Absolutely. give him the, the time to run and build up some uh, value, then you get a better pick for him. You know, it's it's. but the fact that they brought him up and then they sat him on the bench the entire time makes people go, oh, they don't value him. We're not going to offer the same sort of thing for him. It could be. Well, there's also... Oh, I was just going to say, I think that Jed hamstrings himself a little bit by showing, like, who he's all in on and, like, who they don't <laughs> really care about that much. And, and let me give you an example. So, like, it seems pretty obvious that, like, Matt Mervis is not going to happen. So if I'm a team who wants a first baseman that might have 30 home run potential, I don't have to offer the Cubs very much to get them to move on from Matt Mervis, even though last year at this time he was literally the MVP of the Fall Stars game. And – that is a mismanagement of assets. That is a misman. They do a bad job of putting out there the value that their players have. Another guy, Christopher Morrell plays multiple positions. He is a 2020 guy with legit power. And yes, I know he strikes out 30% of the time. The Cubs are going to get pennies on the dollar for Christopher Morrell because they refuse to let him play an outfield at any sort of defensive position on a regular basis and prove that he's more than a DH. That is absolute. That's a disaster. He's got such it's great perfect. tools, and they're going to get nothing for him. He's going to go play for some other team for nothing because the Cubs don't understand what they have in Christopher Morrell. And the last thing I'll say here, and I, I hope I'm wrong. Like, I hope Pete Crow Armstrong is like the next Cody Bellinger, and in three years we're talking about how this team is built around PCA and he's the most wonderful thing ever. But frankly, kind of just looks like a glove first center fielder to me right now. Like, the, the hit tool does not seem ready for Major League Baseball, and I don't know that it's going to get much better in a year or two. And, like, I don't know, man. If I'm watching the Cubs right now, it very much looks like Jed Hoyer has staked his reputation on PCA being the move he made that proves he's a genius and they will never part from him and never move on, which means the outfield is set. The outfield is Hap Suzuki and PCA. So all of these other guys are expendable for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah, I know you've got to you've got to go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get out of here. Okay. And I, well, and, Sarah, and I before do wanna... you go, great points, and uh, it's really weird to hear that coming out of someone else's mouth because it's like those are my thoughts, and it's freaking me out. <laughs> uh, well, I am headed actually to an Arizona Fall League game, which I'm super excited about. I think we're seeing the Scottsdale Scorpions play the Peoria Javelinas. I could be wrong about Ooh. those two names. But I'm here for four days. I'm going to definitely get to see James Triantos and Kevin Alcantara, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, I will probably do, like, some content from the Fall Stars game on Sunday, so be watching my channels. And thank you for having me. It's always fun to talk with all of you about baseball. Have fun. Good to see you. See you. Bye. Good to see you. Um, I I wonder if the Javelinas are, like, a group, a team of female Javis. That'd be be awesome. Um, But Luis, I want you to answer a question in the in the chat that I see here from Corey Furlong. 
So, and Billy, take this too. Uh, do, do you do you ruin prospect value by calling them up and they play poorly, or do you get more by just having them rake it at AAA? Like maybe it's the opposite of what Cotton said. Like, you know, maybe Mervis sucked at the major league level, but you know, let him rake at AAA, and you get more for him. Yeah, I'm a big fan of letting guys uh, figure it out at AAA, mostly because I it's a double whammy when they fail at the major league level. It's just like, oh, not only is this guy just like can't hit shit right now, but also his trade value is going down, or any future value is going down. I think that's what happened with Mervis. It was just like, well, we could bring him back up, and then if he struggles, he's like, done, done. Or we can rebuild him and bring him back next year. Kind of what happened with Anthony Rizzo when he left the Padres and came to the Cubs. Had some time, you know, had his struggles in the big league level, went to the minors, came back, and then he was, you know, nothing was the same. Well, the Reds are not that risk averse of a team because they just didn't they didn't spend any money, so that's who was playing, regardless. Yeah, like, well that was the whole plan this year, like which was just <laughs> let the kids play and if and the winning was just a byproduct of it. So like but even before then, twenty twenty one when they were still going for it, but not letting people know that they were broke yet. Um the the you know, look at who was playing second base. Jonathan India. His first two weeks in the big leagues were complete dog shit. Took a, they sat him for a week, and then he came back, got hot, and won Rookie of the Year. I mean, you just... It's it's, almost like giving them a chance works. Exactly. That is the philosophy that everyone should have. Because guess what? Once you get to the majors and you're not figuring it out, what's the point of sending them back down? You need to keep them up here so that they can figure it out and see it. It's a completely different style of pitching going from AAA to the bigs. And especially since they wiped out half the major leagues because of the coffee sneezies in 2020, then you, you know, you, you have less time to develop. So there's more, there's less talent that's going to be down there anyway. So you might as well keep them up here. Okay. And but the thing is you- like, like, you need good pitchers to make good hitters. Correct. And anybody who can pitch at the major league level is going to be up here doing it. Sure. So if you want your hitters to learn how to hit major league pitching, they need to hit some fucking major league pitching. Yeah, and it's not going to just happen overnight. It's going to – it takes a minute. I mean, look at, like, you know, with us, Ellie De La Cruz came up and was hotter than piss for a month and then disappeared until the last three weeks of the season because right. he had to see it and figure it out. You know, he was striking out at a 47 to 53% clip at rates. I mean, it's just that was a part of it. Or was that um, because he was hitting AAA pitching that was up in September? A lot of teams were sending out bums out there. Well, yeah. That's always my fear because I've seen guys get hot in September, and then it's like, oh, yeah, he's going to be he's gonna be the guy. I remember Jason Dubois, and who, who was the other? Like, I remember Todd Hollingsworth had a hot September once. Like, oh, yeah, just wait till Holly comes back next year and Hollingsworth. Yeah, but they also probably didn't hit a ball 144 miles an hour and then hit for the cycle in their second month up in the bigs. So I watched Tuffy Rhodes hit three homers off uh, Doc Gooden. <laughs> yeah, weird stuff. So, yeah, in general, I mean, that's just that that should be everyone's philosophy if you're yeah. going to go a young route. Let the kids play. Let the kids play. Having them in AAA is going to do absolutely nothing. Our our manager says we are not in the business of developing players. Yeah, we are not doing that. Well, uh, then, then buy a sub then. I'm fine with that. Just do what IFG said and to trade the young guys for great. Like, let's get Juan Soto on the team. Like, that's 
that's what uh, it was was texted Luis and I in the group chat uh, that Cerami, who couldn't be here with us tonight, Michael Cerami, um, said he just wrote in all caps one. Soto, <laughs> and you can get that if you I mean, trade some of your guys, or you give you give like a king's ransom to the Royals and go get Vinny Pasquatino. Yeah, they're not trading him. <laughs> I, don't think they're- if, I mean, I'm just saying a Godfather offer. We're more of a Vinny Barbarino kind of team. If you remember <laughs> that show? <laughs> if you the Sweat Hogs, um, Joey I says. Bio- made a really good point about pitching, though. I, I need to point this out. Back in the day, and Danny's old enough, to, like me, we we know. They used to send guys to AAA to learn how to hit breaking balls because that's where all the drunk ballers were, you know, the guys hanging on in the league. Mm-hmm. But now, like, really no one throws breaking balls like that. So all the guys who are going to pitch at the big league level are bypassing AAA because they're all, all they're doing is throwing 100 and hit it. And, and throwing sweepers. Right, and those guys aren't in AAA. Like, like, well, I could waste some innings here or I could just send you to the big leagues and you can figure it out there. Right. It's kind of funny how I love how baseball evolves like that. It it it, it evolves quickly, uh, and it's a yeah. game of follow the leader. And uh, we're really more the follow part of that, uh, oftentimes, which is frustrating as a Cub fan because you see a team like the Diamondbacks, not that they're doing anything all that different than anybody else. I feel like that team had a oh. fair, amount, fair amount of luck, but they let the kids play a lot more than the Cubs ever did. They had that bullpen full of sea monsters. And uh, at least they sound like sea monsters. <laughs> and they were and they were number one in all defensive metrics. That's like something that was rarely talked about. They played great defense. Yeah, I, but the pitching, like they just had the two guys that could go out there and do it. They had a no hitter yesterday, and in until it wasn't. And then as soon as he lost it, I knew they were going to lose the game. By the we way, had a I very cubsy game game five yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so Oh, we're, we're throwing a no-hitter through six, and then we're going to give up a run late. We're going to waste a bunch of scoring opportunities. And in the ninth, we're going to give up four more runs just so we don't even have a chance in the ninth. Yeah. The only thing that was missing was the fake rally. And then the two guys we paid $850 million to are going to do their job. Yeah. I really – and the manager of the year goes to Bruce Bochy for removing Chapman from the game before he had a chance to blow it because yes. you knew that was coming. And so did Bochy. And he's like, ah, let me look at my crystal ball. Actually, let me just look at all of the highlights of when he blew it before in the game. The Cubs he blew it for. The Yankees he blew it for. Like, Well, hey, he, blew it, he blew it for the Rangers a couple of yeah. times late in the season, yeah. which – led to them being second in that division instead of winning it. And it didn't matter. And yeah, it was a I'd also like to nominate Bruce Bochy for the best old man manager walk. He's good at it. He's got <laughs> the way that he puts his hands to his side and hobbles. Dude, that man has titanium everything underneath that, underneath <laughs> yeah. that uniform pin. He's a $6 million man. Yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't have a magnet on his right hand to pick up his right knee to move it forward. <laughs> Just, yeah. Let the, record, let the record show that the last manager to beat Bruce Bochy in a playoff series, Joe Madden. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's right. When he was with, with the Giants, right? Uh-huh. So, yeah, and we're just at the anniversary tonight of that fateful game. Yeah, IFG's got her 
her uh, World Series shirt on. I don't have a World Series shirt. I I really should. I have a hat, but I should have worn it today. I did not. I Maybe I'll that. get that at the break. Uh, I don't even have a hat. I have I have this, which I literally got yeah. this summer from Stuart. Yeah, uh, and I have a ball signed by uh, Miguel Montero, who hit the game-winning run in that game. He had the game-winning RBI in Game 7. Yeah. And I have that ball. Again, thank you to Stuart. <laughs> Stuart you have that ball. ball? You don't have the ball. No, 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 no. I have a ball signed by yeah. Miguel Mar- Well, Gum- just clarifying Mi- here. Otherwise, Crawley will probably be at your house trying to buy it off you. <laughs> Crawley will be by later, by the way, in the, in the night. Oh, hell yeah. Give him hell for me. So... Um, <laughs> So I, I think we should take a break, and, and I know, Luis, you said you, you've got to go. Billy's got a show to do. We've got a lot of show to go. Um, so I, I'm going to just take a, a quick – this will be a quick break. Hold, We're just hold, gonna... hold, hold on, Danny, real quick. Luis, yeah. you had so many problems with your internet. You didn't get to speak much. Was there anything that you did want to say? Like, is there anything that – because I feel like you might have wanted to say things – and you just couldn't because your internet. Was there anything we missed? Um, I'm looking forward to fleecing the Padres for uh, Juan Soto. I don't know if you guys saw the athletic report where they, like, took out a $50 million loan just to, like, make ends meet at the end of the month at, at September. Yeah, th- that's a team that's going to be selling everything. And it's, they, it's time that the Cubs take advantage of that. They yeah. owe us. They owe us for the Darvish thing because, you oh, know. Wait. They should just give us back you, Darvish. Yeah, for and Juan Soto, and they can have Nick Magical back. Yeah, absolutely. I'm here for that. Yeah, that was my whole thing. Was was when we were talking earlier, like the Padres are going to spend. I'm like, how, what with with what Deutschmarks? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got doubloons, Cole's cash. What are we working with? Hey man, yeah, Cole's cash is a winner. <laughs> yeah, it is. They got <laughs> I got it stuffed under my mattress and all my cargo shorts. Luckily for them, you can only buy players named Cole. And because of and because of millennials being named Cole, oftentimes that's actually quite a few guys. That could be helpful. You could have an yeah. all Cole team that might actually come in third, at least. <laughs> I would. Yeah, How that's much an interesting you... thought for an immaculate grid day. <laughs> let's put yeah. let's put that together in hour four, shall we? That all Cole team. Yes. Before <laughs> I, before I get out of here, uh, I had a really cool interview that I would like for everybody to come check out. Go to the new Nasty Boys YouTube page. I interviewed the CEO of Baseball United. Cash with, money! Dude, Cash is the coolest dude on the planet. Um, he there's he dropped some bombshells in there. Uh, and definitely, like, one of the things I'm really excited about is they're, they're making baseball fun. It's weird. It's crazy to say this. Like, insane. So they're taking – these cricket stadiums are huge, right? So, like, we have all of this leftover space. So what they're going to do is they're going to build out, like, VIP seating behind home plate. And then along the foul poles, they're going to have cabanas set up, basically, like, swim-up bars at Las Vegas or, like, a club. And you can rent each one of those out and have, like, your own private bartender, your own private viewing era area up close and personal on the field. Amazing. Tell me yeah. they're going to net that in so we don't end up with, like, people getting hit in the temples with foul balls. But, <laughs> yes. foul ball and then drown. The but, ball didn't kill him. And one of the, the, really, the, the last thing I'll say on it is it, with him talking about developing and creating a basically a baseball bridge 
between Japan, South Korea, and Europe is really fascinating. And um, he's a great listen. He's a super nice guy. And you'll feel, you'll walk away feeling like, man, I'm going to go watch that showcase for free and watch Big Sexy Pitch. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bartolo. Yeah, Bartolo's going to be up there. There's a lot of names. A couple ex-Cubs. Zach Ross Cup. Yep. Wow. Cub great. <laughs> uh, Reds legend Philip Irvin and uh, D.D. Gregorius. Yes. Oh, D.D. Yeah. Wasn't he a Cub? D.D. No. Uh, Red, Diamondback, Yankees, no. Phillies. Who, who am I thinking of that's like the D.D. Gregorius of – He's, he's like a D.D. Gregorius type that we had. Adrielton Simmons. I was saying, oh, yeah. He's, a, he's playing in Baseball United. Yeah, he's he's going to be there. He got drafted. Yeah. It's it's cool. And then the guy who went first overall is the first ever um, Indian-born drafted MLB player. And then he went back, and now he's in the league trying to develop interest. Like, man, it's it's going to be really cool. Yeah, well, so check that okay, out. He's Karan Patel. Karen, yeah, for the for and the then, Cobras, um, that's my team. Yeah, and Andrew is on the Cobras too. Uh, Bartolo went to the Monarchs. Cano, Sandoval. I mean, there's some names. Yeah, yeah. that's just the first three rounds. Um, I've got I've got the first ten rounds um, here, or the ten rounds from the draft. Oh, Panda um, is on my team. This. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week, and uh, and I'm just so excited for it. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Hopefully, it's not on it. Two in the morning, and we could actually be watching. Well, you'll be able to also go back and watch it on their YouTube channel. Excellent. We yeah. should have like okay, so we should have watch parties. Obviously, count me in. I'm in pajama parties. Yeah, I love live. this. I love this. Yeah. If there's one so, thing I need, it's another league to follow. Well, so I have my wolves dashiki ready to go. So, yes. <laughs> what you got one? No, I made one. Come oh. on. So, oh, we're gonna we gotta talk about that uh, in uh, the second well, segment. But let's, I, I thought let's it was interesting that Dylan Thomas, late great poet Dylan Thomas, was uh, drafted in that league. Yeah, <laughs> nice to see poetry coming in the, into the in the motion. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. like a second round pick. He's well, been dead for like a hundred years. I'm so glad I have a show. <laughs> <laughs> So, Luis, thanks for coming on. Have a great night, whatever you're up to, and we'll, we'll do it again soon. Uh, this this again offseason, soon. It's, a, it's a long, cold off season, and we'll we'll definitely have you back on to get more of your thoughts on as things develop. And I'm looking forward to writing, uh, reading your writing about the Bears, who another <laughs> frustrating team. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. <laughs> when I started, when I start the uh, Palter Waiting podcast, then we can, <laughs> we can we can talk about that. Then, and Billy, I have a great show tonight, and we'll of course talk to you again soon too. So thanks for being of course. here. Guys. Great to see y'all. Have Thank fun. You. I'm never running a marathon. <laughs> well, yeah, keep running, keep running, Seth. Keep running. <laughs> <laughs> All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog -dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. 
you can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just one dollar a month can buy a scorecard. Five dollars a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And ten dollars a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Rancher levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. Welcome back to the Sunranto Show's uh, Seth Kennedy Marathon Podcast. We're going four hours tonight. We didn't talk about anything I wanted to in the first segment, and we went 23 minutes uh, over. So we know we're concerned we wouldn't be able to fill four hours. Yeah. If you were wondering, Dylan Thomas, do not go gentle into that good night. That's Uh, everyone knows that poem. They don't know it's Dylan Thomas. That's what I'm talking about. Two first names. It's almost necessary (laughs) for a poet. So uh, I did want to let's let's bring it down. Dylan Thomas. Let's uh, bring it down. Yeah, let's bring it down. (laughs) As long as we're talking about poetry. I, I would be remiss if I did not say that we lost a great Cubs fan this week. Oh, yeah. And Dorothy, um, I mean, Dorothy Farrell was just the greatest. If you didn't see her on the seventh inning stretch, you weren't watching the Cubs game. And I'll just read from her obituary, obituary real quick. Um, Dorothy Farrell knee ghouls. Passed away peacefully on October 28, 2023. Dorothy was the beloved wife of the late William for 53 years. She was preceded in death by her four brothers, uh, loving mother, and all the people in her family. Dorothy enjoyed spending time with family and friends, music, dancing, the American Legion, and spending time at Wrigley Field. In lieu of flowers, the family asked that any charitable donations be made to Cubs charities. I mean... What an awesome woman. I had a chance of hanging out with her. She she stuck her tongue in my ear on this occasion. Um, and, and she just was a wild woman. She liked drinking her Jaeger shots. And, um, yeah, she liked the party, man. And um, she was fun. Uh, she'd give you big sloppy kisses and stuff. And um, she's always had a song in her heart. There she is, her and I singing together um, at Club 400, one of the events there. And um, during 2020 – she had moved into an assisted living care place, and it was her birthday. Uh, I guess it was probably uh, around this time of year. It looks like we're all wearing masks and social distancing, and um, so it was 2020. But we all showed up 
at her socially distanced birthday party. And you see, that's our friend Jimmy on some stilts. He works at Wrigley Field. I was just going to ask, who's the tall guy? Yeah, that's Jimmy. And so we all showed up and we sang happy birthday. We ate some cake and just we all drove by and we waved to her. And um, just I had just great memories of her. So RIP Dorothy. And, um, you know, our love to your family and to, we'll miss you. I mean, you know, that's, that's one of the all time greats right there. And she'll always be, I, I think, I mean, Ken Rosenthal, didn't he interview her mm-hmm. during 2016? So she's always going to be a part of all those broadcasts. Mm-hmm. And so she, she did it right as far as, uh, being an enshrined Cubs fan goes. Um, we should all do a shot of Jaeger in her honor. Yeah, we absolutely. I don't think I have any Jaegers. Otherwise, I do. <laughs> no, that. no, most most good upstanding people don't just have Jaeger sitting in their house. But, but I figure it would be a good time <laughs> to to talk about that because right now, it, uh, Seth should be at his sixth mile somewhere around there, right yes. at the entrance to Greenwood Cemetery, which is a giant old cemetery in Brooklyn that I've actually visited. Um, and I took a tour of it. In fact, um, John Michelle Basquiat is buried there. Uh, Leonard Bernstein is buried there. Uh, boss Tweed, if you've ever heard of him, he was like a famous New York boss. And then there's a lot of other famous New Yorkers that have grave sites. It was also because it is uh, built on a giant hill. It is a heights and it that hill figured greatly in the Revolutionary War as well. So there there was uh, some battles that were fought in that cemetery um, uh, against the British. So interesting place if you're ever in Brooklyn or, or interested in cemeteries. I know that you see me doing my weather and grave reports from Ernie Banks's grave all the time. That's real close to Wrigley Field. Go in there too uh, at some point, you know, because it's graves have interesting stories to tell. Um, Cub fan burial wall is in Chicago. A lot of cool stuff. To, I rode my bike around there just the other day. So um, we didn't talk about anything I want to talk about as far as the entire um, the, the major leagues, like how this season went. So I, if we could just really quick, yeah. Just add, now that you've had a couple, uh, well, a month now to digest the Cubs season. Um, oh, Cubs grades. No, we this. I do not want to cut into our Cubs grade show. It, we can't. We can't repeat ourselves. So if we if just stick away from any Cubs grades content, don't give any grades. But how do you feel overall? Uh, the Cubs season went. I have to like. What, what's your feeling like? Just coming out of after a month, if you're um, tasting your mouth. Um, I'm overall pretty disappointed. I. I don't think that's a huge surprise to anybody to hear. Um, but yeah, somehow I'm still disappointed, even though it kind of went exactly how I expected it to go. Um, one of those situations where I would rather have been wrong. Um, but yeah, no, they, they didn't give the prospects a chance to prove anything. They didn't make the right decisions at the right times. They lost the game they lost the season so early on that like there was never really the, the option to get excited about the season um i don't know it's i'm very meh and i would really rather not be meh next year yeah yeah <laughs> but, how about you cotton like do, do, do you have any different feelings than that like well un- un- unlike uh ifg the season did not go 
the way I thought it would go. I was the lo- everyone who, if anybody goes back and remembers the preseason show, the Rancher mm-hmm. Roundtable, and everybody's, I mean, we were hearing some crazy shit, right? Like we were hearing yeah. like eighty nine, ninety wins, ninety two from people, eighty eight got thrown out there a few times. Like I said, seventy two wins. So they did much better than I thought they would do. Now, I w- I can actually point to when that happened. And it was the trade deadline when they decided not to sell because had they sold, which is exactly what I thought would happen, I think that my prediction would have been correct. But they yeah. did not sell. And then, unfortunately, they did not really buy either. But at least they didn't sell, and they were able to hit that, uh, you know, what they get, 84 wins, 83 wins. Um, no, they did not get 84 wins. It was 83 wins. If 84 yeah. wins was in the World Series. That's right. <laughs> Unfortunately. So they got 83 wins. Um, yeah, and I think I, if I recall correctly, I had said uh, if they get 80 wins, I'll be terribly surprised. So, you know, woo! So overall, I <laughs> It was hooray. It it's hard. Like if if you're not watching every day, like we unfortunately do, uh, it looks like a very successful season, right? And I just talked to a guy the other day, talked about how fun it was to watch them at the end of the season and stuff. And and I have to agree, it was fairly fun. They were they had a nice long stretch there where they were actually doing fairly well. Uh, unfortunately it's a systemic problem and it's not on the field. The problem's not on the field. The problem's not in the clubhouse and it's not in the minor leagues. I don't even think like I, I just feel like the system that they have there from the front office down to their manager isn't the best that it could be. And I, and I think that until that changes, it is a little tough for me to get super excited. So well, I, I was me, excited about the team, like the players I saw this year. I think I got real excited about, right? Like I had absolutely. a lot of fun watching them, but then just to have that like front office and management, just like, I don't know, smacking me down every time I get excited. Well, let me piggyback off it because like when I'm watch, watching the Diamondbacks, I'm thinking, like, why not us? Like, why couldn't we be the 84-win team that had a magical run and got hot at the right time and go through? And the reason is because of exactly what you just said, is that they didn't do the right things. And that means that you can't look at management and be like, man, these guys are making all the right moves. They're building something here that's really going to be something in a couple years. You didn't see really No, you had a manager who was saying out loud with his whole chest, no, no. We're going to play the guys that got us here when here is scraping and clawing our way to 83 wins. When it didn't have to be that. Like, we didn't have to lose 20 games in frickin' April or whatever it was. They didn't have to lose five of the last six. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, no, they totally folded down the stretch because they just didn't have enough. There was no depth and and anybody that they could reach down into the minors and get 
didn't really have a lot of experience because they hadn't been giving them the experience all year. So when I look at the value that maybe that came with a team like the Reds, like they, those guys got a full season out there figuring it out, and our guys just didn't. They, you know, and because they were wasting time with uh, your Mancinis and your Hosmers and your Barnharts and stuff. Like even Amaya, who was obviously like – the injuries were a concern, but he was obviously ready to play. They were just really conservative about everything. So at what point – and so they didn't get that experience. They were AAA. <laughs> I mean, Iowa probably – I don't know. Did they win the AAA World Series with all their amazing players? Like Matt Mervis, I don't even know what they did. I don't think they did. Somebody in the chat, if you know what Iowa did in the – the playoffs there, uh, let us know. But I do not think that they had the pitching. I don't think right. that they had enough pitching down there to do it because it seemed like everyone who was at Iowa seemed to be hitting like 300. Yeah, and <laughs> Robert says, yeah, we didn't have Zach Gallon either. I mean, we we had Stroh, but then we didn't have Stroh. Stroh was pitching great. We had Steele, who was pitching a, ahead of where anybody thought he was going to pitch a big, big game of the year. But even that didn't fall apart at the end, but it was not what it had been um, before he got blown up a couple times at the end, lost his Cy Young bid. Um, so, yeah, I think the most frustrating thing for me is that we didn't trade Bellinger and we didn't. And if you weren't going to win, then you should have sold and you didn't, you bought, but not that much. Like, are we really going to think that? I mean, I hope Jose Quas is freaking amazing. Like if that's who you're adding to your bullpen's future and you think he's going to be a tool down the line, like I'm hoping that happens. I didn't see evidence of it. Right. He's, I, he, he, he might a, be great. He's a right. decent enough bullpen arm but you need sure. more than that but what the arizona diamondbacks did was they f- fleeced the mariners for paul seawald yeah yeah got the sea monster bullpen and that was a little different and that didn't go necessarily the way we thought it was going to go either because I... the cubs had been really good at getting bullpen arms to trade off and then they didn't do it yeah so, well, we should probably get into the 40, man, because we're already an hour four in. And so we're already behind. I know that nobody's surprised about that. Oh, um, it, you know, if I you, were running a marathon, I would be behind. I will tell you that. <laughs> exactly. This is for when I run the marathon. So we're going seven hours tonight. How long does it take to walk it? I don't know. 26 um, miles? I don't know. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, walk 26. So- so, so you're if about you like walk nine, fast, 10 miles an hour. Yeah, if you walk fast, right? Uh you can walk like 15 minute miles. So 15 times 20, that's a long time. That's still a long time. Yeah, nobody's nobody's recording a podcast that long. So um let's I just let's go alphabetically. Um so <laughs> that's I think that's the best way to do it. Let's do no favoritism. We won't get stuck on anybody too long. I'm going to put up the, the the numbers and then everybody at home i want you to guess because people on the show like ifg and michael they can see um who this is in our in what we're using to to bring it to you so So i would like you to guess who this is in the in the chat and who is first oh i know i know so this player was drafted by the yankees in 2019 he played uh uh 
a couple of different teams for the Yankees. The Cubs got him in 2021. Uh, so mm-hmm. in a trade. In oh, a trade, a yeah. Hint. The Yankees traded him to the Cubs in 2021. Then he played with Myrtle Beach in 2022. And this year he played Tennessee, South Bend, and I don't know, it just says, oh, the Arizona. Arizona Fall League, yeah. Yeah, Fall League. And he's, he's there right now, actually. Sarah might be seeing him this weekend. He mm-hmm. uh, He's batting right now. He's got an 880 OPS with five home runs in 17 games. I do appreciate the fact that the Cubs seem to be trying to collect all of the players with this last name because I'm just waiting for the pitcher. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, oh, see, then apparently, IFG, you know who this is? Who, who I is believe it? I do. It's the Kevin Alcantara. First, yeah, and the first one in the chat with it was John Pincus. So Except for John, John Pincus cannot spell. Yeah, Alantra. Alantra. And <laughs> Daryl also had it as Alcantar. So <laughs> basically people just. I think just, a character in a Harry Potter book. Yeah. And no, his it was, last I, name thought Al, I thought Al Cantor was, uh, he was a guy, right? Al, Al Cantor, he played for somebody. Al Cantor. That's what Ron, Ron Santa would have called him. <laughs> um, yeah, wasn't it Alfonseca that Santa thought his name was Al Fonseca. Yes. He's like, what's going on, Al? And he's interviewing him when he's interviewing. So, yeah, let's talk about Kevin Alcantara. This is one of those young guys that we got, I believe, in the Rizzo trade. Mm-hmm. And um, he's only 20 years old. Um, so he's one of the younger of the bunch. He can't drink yet, so that's good. He's not out there wasted. We're sure of that. And um, he's... I mean, look, his AAA, or actually didn't do AAA last year, but between the high A, double A, and rookie league, he slashed 284, 345, 466 for a 810 OPS. That's not too shabby. Um, he had a he had a nice time of it. He's an outfielder. I don't think they think he's ready, but he's certainly having a pretty darn good minor league career so far. Um, I don't know. Just judging by how the Cubs have been doing it, we don't see him till 2026. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. Well, not until he's 25 will we take a shot. You know what? Well, that's perfect timing. That, he's manage that service time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's absolutely perfect timing if we can sign Bellinger for the next uh, three years. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I know, like Bellinger's going to take a three-year That's deal. about when Suzuki is up, so. Yeah, but, I mean, but this guy, he's already at double A, you know, at the very least. You'd think that we could maybe start seeing somebody like him next mm-hmm. year, but it is a crowded outfield. Ian Happ, no trade clause. Seiya Suzuki, no trade clause. We don't, We need Seiya anyway. I mean, we've locked in the outfield, so it really does feel like if we're going to trade, it's going to be from this glut of outfielders. It's quite yeah. possible we never see Kevin Alcantara play at Wrigley Field unless it's in somebody else's uniform. Okay, let's start taking uh, – this will be the last bit of all these. Thumbs up, thumbs down. About Kevin Alcantara? No idea. Yeah. Thumbs up or thumbs down, it's Kevin It's a little Alcantara. too close to Cubs grades for my liking. We got a whole <laughs> Cubs grade show to do at some point this week. But winter. we're not doing Cubs grades on the 40, man. So I think it 
fits. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm okay. going. What thumbs What does up. thumbs right. up mean? Means thumbs we like is, him. Good. Oh, okay. Just like him, not do we think the Cubs are going to keep him or trade him? No, no, no. We okay. like. I like Kevin, Kevin Alcock. Okay. Yeah, I, I have high hopes for him because he hasn't done anything to piss me off yet. All right. Well, that took. Way too long. There's no way we're getting through this unless we right. start rolling through these. Come on, Danny. Miguel what's, Amaya. What's number two? All right, here we go. I'm not going to let people guess who's next because they're just looking up. Miguel Amaya, he's been a Cub technically since he was 17 years old back in 2016. Um, he has had a lot of injury history. He really got his first shot this year. Only played in 53 games, uh, slash 214, 329, 359. Kind of was more Gomes backup than the other way around. And then, of course, Barnhart, unfortunately, took starts. And, um, well, he, he felt like he was Barnhart's backup. That's the problem. Yeah. So it wasn't, I mean, maybe they're being cautious with him, but I mean, Amaya, we've been waiting for this guy forever, but did you like what you see? What you saw? Big I like what I, I I have so many baseball cards. Like I I want to see more of him and less of Tucker Barnhart. Well, you're not going to see any Tucker Barnhart because he's already, already got rid of him. See, I want to see zero of whoever Jed thinks he needs to buy in order to replace Tucker Barnhart. One yeah. stat I want to point out about about Miguel here is that he had 11 hit by pitches. And that's like almost ten percent of his plate appearances. Just about. I mean, not quite that much, but it was a lot, you know. And um, twelve walks to go with that. Like the OBP was kind of there, three twenty nine, and some of it was getting nailed, like Wilson used to. Right. So, so I don't yeah, know that's crowd the plate or what? I don't hate it. I, I mean, I, I I hate that we're like hurting my poor glass catcher, but. Yeah, <laughs> last guy we need hurt again. I don't think. I mean, how many times did he really get hurt? He got hurt once, right? I think they hit him no, in the twice. hand, which was annoying. You got no. He oh, you mean last year? No, I'm saying throughout his minor leagues, he had a foot thing, then he had a hand thing, or yeah. he had multiple things that sidelined or sidetracked his career for a while. Yeah, I. Well, I like Amaya. Broken foot in a Tommy John, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Tommy John. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Yep. I feel like uh, for him, the reason uh, it really hindered him this year, that 214 average, you said the OBP was good. That tells you that he's got the good eye. Uh, the average says that he honestly probably just never got in a groove. Like they just didn't give yeah. him the opportunity. And the big talk about his injury prone thing always frustrated me because I don't, I've never understood why it's better to have him getting hurt in Des Moines rather than in Chicago. Like let him, let the people play in Chicago. If they get hurt there. Okay. It but was if they get hurt in Des Moines. What does yeah. that freaking do for you? And he's no more injury prone than anyone else. Like he, he got a broken foot. Like that's a weird thing that just like, yeah. that's not, yeah, that's, that's not, not something that's you're... That's not wear and tear injury. That's a freak accident. Yeah. Well, you know? I, I, I don't know. He, he really does have a lot of freak accidents. I have a file photo of him here. Oh, um, God. Back in, 
this is his minor league career. He's, I thought that was Brett Anderson at first. Oh yeah, you're right. That's Brett Anderson. I'm sorry. That's the human wheelchair. What did they call him? The human. The human wheelchair. That's yeah. what they called him. Was that what it really was? Yeah. Oh man, so rude. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a big thumbs. Thumbs up, up for think, yeah for Amaya. Do you want him as your starter next year? I want yes. him as a starter. Gomes as his backup. Fully. Yes. Send We're it. all in agreement. Yeah. Okay. And we'll cool. get to Gomes, but you know, I I I'll go to this this way. I think they should split time. I think it should be yeah. pretty even, Steven. Uh, until further notice, it should be and, like 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 fifty one forty nine. Yeah, but I would like to to see a lot more Amaya. Yeah, yeah. I would maybe go with sixty forty versus fifty one forty nine. But I'm I'm with you. I'm not I'm not against that. I just want him to get at least one more start than at catcher than Gomes. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. So thumbs up on him. Uh, Adbert Alzali, who ended the season on the IL, unfortunately, um, and but uh, you know was a starter, been with the Cubs a while now. Like uh, he's now twenty eight, will be twenty nine. It really had his best season once they made him the closer. Mm-hmm. Um, more than a strikeout an inning. The walks were pretty good. Um, you know. You know, looking back It's all on, pretty good. I wouldn't mind somebody else, though. Yeah, looking back on Alzali's career, though, it's amazing that we they kind of didn't get to this faster. Now, I will say I didn't realize. I kind of wanted him to be a starter. But he had one good start, and then he was kind of up and down. And then it, he really seemed to be at his best when he was coming in in a piggyback role or as a reliever, you know, and it's funny that it took this long for them, for any of us to really get to the point where like, yeah, he's not only a reliever, but maybe he's the guy that can, you know, lock down that ninth inning. You know, for my entire life, I will never forget when he first came up little, little baby advert coming up with his fuzzy hair and he would go out and throw and then come back to the dugout and pull out his little notebook and write down all of his little notes from everything that he did and who he was facing and how it all went. And you just saw him, like, the camera would focus on him in there, and he's just writing everything down. Like, I can't forget any of this. I need to study this and learn more. And that, if that is not, like, psycho-closer material, I don't know what is. I agree, and it... It, there's one thing that was a drawback, and Terry brings it up in the chat here, is that Adbert had a lot of trouble getting out lefties when he was in the rotation. And that might be part of why I don't totally trust the closer thing, just because, I mean, there's a lot of tough lefties out there. I mean, you're up there in the NLCS against Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber, and you, you have trouble getting lefties out. Like, unfortunately, we'll probably see Mark Leiter Jr. in that situation instead. Now, was was that still a thing <laughs> this year? Because I don't have the stats up. I don't know if that was still a thing this year. I'll it might have been, or it might have been that, uh, you know, they were trying not to put him out there against lefties, too. So I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, that kind of thing doesn't worry me quite that much. Um, IFG 
uh, your little story reminded me of his first start. He went out there and he had a great first start. Yeah, I think he, did. he went five innings and they take him out of the game and Wrigley is going nuts because it's like the first like real guy that they've seen get brought up. Everybody's cheering and he goes back up to the top <laughs> step and he, he yeah. tips his hat it was so and cute. Everyone gave him shit in the dugout, which I thought was hilarious. They're like, "This dude came out here, and pitched five innings, and he's tipping his head." Like, he was thanking the crowd. I thought it was. <laughs> I just thought that was. It was so funny because afterwards, like, you just saw some guys just like freaking rookies, like they're tipping their heads. I, I, I remember Rizzo having a good laugh about that. We, yeah. That was when uh, we, me and Luis and Michael were doing Outside the Ivy, and uh, I remember we we opened the show by tipping our hats because we, we all thought it was ridiculous. It, yeah, it, it really was, but that's one of those things that is like it's forgivable in a kid that young when he did it, yeah. you yeah. know, and he's just getting out there. Just I'm going to put up his splits here. Uh, versus righties and lefties. Uh, actually, pretty good. Uh, this is just this year, so it's a smaller yeah. sample size. Terry E. says, I think Adbert has figured the lefty thing out. Question is endurance. Well, if you're a closer, I guess what you don't need a whole lot of. Yeah. The, well, and well, maybe endurance over, like, if the Cubs are to win a bunch of games in a row down the stretch and they need a closer a bunch of times. But you could just use another arm. Like, did they find a diamond in the rough with Merriweather? I don't know. It was one year. Like, it was the first time he ever got a chance. Like, did he become everyone an elite? Could, All of them. Yeah. Everyone in the bullpen who could pitch had an endurance problem this year. That makes me think maybe it's not the players who had the endurance problem. It was well, how they, they were being used. Well, and they did get rid of two bullpen coaches. Chris Young is gone, as is um, uh, Craig Driver. Yeah, so but I mean, I'm just saying, maybe were that's the bullpen what it's about. coaches uh, running the same four guys out there every single day. No, no, that was Grandpa Lossie. Yeah, but, and so I think maybe the endurance issue was in the in the actual dugout. Maybe it wasn't so much in the David bullpen. Ross's brain. Yeah. <laughs> so All right, should, here we go. All right, yeah. So we we should as move on. a closer as a closer. Oh, okay. I got as it. a closer, thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm going thumbs I'm, no, up. You said we could go like this. You could. Okay, so Danny's in the middle. Danny's got the flat hand. Yeah. Okay. I would. I'd like one more guy. I would like if they went out and got a real elite closer, maybe not before the season starts, but they're looking good. And it's like a Rondoni situation. And like, you know, Alzali just, you kind of trust it, but it's really, you don't totally trust it. And you just go get that guy. Like, you know, I hate to say it, but like they went and got Chapman, you know, right. uh, in 2016. And I'm fine if they don't get Chapman, but if you know, someone you else, go, bring Kimbrell back, bring Kimbrell back, let him do it. He's fine. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, yeah, who is who do you want then? All right, all right. So, so Danny, it, it, it actually sounds like you don't think that he has the what it's going to take to be that I, closer. I actually do think he has it, but for whatever reason, I view him like a little kid, even though he's old now, and like something something about him like makes me feel like he's not as imposing as maybe some of those other characters have been in the past. Like part of it, 
is he doesn't throw as hard. He yeah. just he's not dialing it past a hundred, so he's got to have stuff. And he does he have this wipeout pitch? I don't know that he does. And so that's why I could see like him being very effective against certain batters, but maybe not like somebody that you could just be like, and here the lights dim, and we get, we play the rock and roll, and you know, I want Jamie, that. The question was thumbs up or thumbs down. This we one. are with this this. <laughs> This show is going to be 27 hours long. <laughs> okay with me. Damn question. It's Thursday. I got the afternoon off. Um, all right. So, all right. I'm going to delete his thing so we stop talking about him. Um, all right. Uh, Javier Assad. Big fan. Ooh, I like, I liked Assad uh, early in the year. I was really high on him. I thought he should have broken with the team instead of Smiley. Smiley uh, proved me wrong for the first, you know, two months of the season really kind of stuck it to me because we were doing the Cubs pods and I swear to God, I had to do a Cubs pod every single win that Smiley had just to rub it in. But I did like Assad better than Smiley early. And I think ultimately that did play out, but I don't, I don't know that I actually really saw something better than Smiley. I just that's the guy that I liked. This is an example of a of a dude that the Cubs just don't seem in on, but they had to use anyway because they were shorthanded ultimately. And maybe he's done enough to prove himself. I mean, 305 ERA, 109 innings pitched. Like, are you going to stretch that out next year? And that's about 14.2 innings at Iowa, too, um, in, included or not included in that, um, in addition to that. So, I mean, once again, it's not the wipeout stuff. It's not like the most elite pitcher in the world, but the dude knows what he's doing. And, it's been effective, and until further notice, it kind of has been better than – I mean, for the back-end depth, you'll take it. So I agree with you. I think that especially in the idea that he could be a starter, they were absolutely not in on because even when he came up, they refused to take Smiley when he, he had clearly was done, and they refused to take him out of that starter role and – Assad was getting the long reliever piggyback sort of thing going on. So I agree with you. I think they didn't really know what they had. They just kept trying to fit him into that reliever role, but he seemed to thrive in the starter role, you know, but I'm, but I wouldn't be against having maybe another three or four inning guy. You know, that you would pair him up with for starts versus, you know, thinking he's going to go out there. But then again, toward the end of the year, he was he was throwing like six and seven innings of good baseball. So, yeah, that's mm. it's, Where, it is a tough one because the the contact rate on him is pretty high, I think. But nobody just. Nobody can really hit the ball well against him. Yeah, well, that's how the Cubs are built. Mike Wallace says he has weird numbers. He kind of should get hammered, but he doesn't. Mike will be by a little bit later in the show. Um, he's going to hang out with us from the yeah, Cubs those, PS Plus So that's podcast. what I was talking about, like the weird numbers. Like he's, but Danny, like you said, he he knows what he's doing. Like he seems 
very calm and collected out there. Like I, I love everything about Assad. I'm, I'm just a little bit worried that I'm looking at him through cub colored glasses and I'm not maybe seeing something. You Where know? are you IFG on Assad? Where does he uh, belong? I have no like sophisticated opinions, but I look at him throw baseballs and I like it. Um. <laughs> See, I, I have G. That's exactly you. You said it perfectly. That's how I feel about it too. Yeah. Um. I I, I can see him be in depth. I, so I, I we need more than if if we're going out there with Javier Assad as your starting number four pitcher, three pitcher. I we the Cubs. That means the Cubs didn't do enough. Yeah. So um. All right. Let's get to because he's still technically a Cub. Cody Bellinger. Hell of a year. Assad. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Assad. Thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm, I'm with it. I'm an Assad fan. All right. As a, as a we John, love this team so far. John really Pinkus do. said, uh, yeah, we haven't gotten anybody we don't like yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> John Pinkus uh, says, I like our pudgy glasses, bro. Yeah. So Corey Furlog also gives a thumbs up to Javier Assad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so far, so good. We like our team. Um, mm-hmm. And now here's somebody that we might not like next year because he's on a different team. But Cody Bellinger, a career 258 hitter, brought that average up by hitting 307 this year. Um, 356 OBP, 525 slug, 881 OPS. Um, just a great year. Returned to, I wouldn't say his uh, MVP form. But pretty well, closer to that. He didn't have hit as many home runs. But he also had 47 home runs in that Super Bowl year. Right. Yeah, exactly that. 2019 Super Bowl year is when he won his MVP. Uh, but that was also the only other year that he hit over 300. Uh, this season, batting average, which I know is a, is a hated statistic anymore, but it's his highest batting average he's ever had even more so than his uh, MVP year. The OBP was off from the MVP year and the slugging was off. So obviously overall, not quite as good, but uh, yeah, I mean, I really liked what I saw. I honestly didn't, I, I was negative on him coming in. I didn't think he was going to bounce back like he did. Yeah, and Corey would like to remind us that I remember when we got Cody, we all said he was the new Hayward. Fair. We did say that, and we were correct because they took a chance, and let's face it, there's nothing that the Cubs could have seen in Cody Bellinger except for just to take a chance on a guy that had won the MVP, was the rookie of the year, and he he took his chance, and he went with it, and the Cubs got freaking lucky, and what they should regret about the situation is that they did not trade his ass if they're not going to resign him. So true. So we could have gotten something. Um, and, yeah, we could have gotten something, and, and he could have gone somewhere and maybe won a World Series like uh, – what was the other dude? Um, Jock Peterson. The, Jock Peterson did. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Bellinger, I mean, he's not on the team, so we're not talking about that much, but I would like him back, and I would like that kind would, of so – I think it would be very silly not to get him back. Let's thumbs. Thumbs. I thumb I thumbs him up. Um, why don't we bring 
let's take a break from the uh, the forty man and bring in a couple of friends, friends yeah. that are fans of teams from the National League East. Um, but first, we are going to take just a quick commercial break. Hold and, on, uh, before we hit the break, then I gotta let you know, Jason Hayward this season because uh, Corey brought that up. I want to look at his stats. 269, 340, 473, 813 OPS. He he was 117 on the OPS plus. He had a great year. Now he only uh that's only 334 at bats. So, you know, that's not full season, but that's 124 games. Uh Jason Hayward. Should have wow. kept him. Should have kept him to not play. Should well, <laughs> apparently, uh, I don't know how Bellinger fell apart in LA and Hayward fell apart in Chicago and they flipped spots and it went the other way. Baseball's weird. I'm going to pick it. I'm picking a chance winner because we're doing four tonight. So this is the first of the four. If you win now, you can still continue to win. So the first chance winner before we go to commercial is Anthony Hutfliss. Congratulations. A chance postcard will be sent to you by me with a message of love and yeah, doom. doom. Um, so, oh, oh, I pushed draw again. Oh, we're giving away two, I guess. <laughs> I did not mean to do that. If it's but, Anthony Hutfels again, yeah, it's going to well, be insane. He's getting two cards. And, Mr. Fourth Row, we're giving away two chances right now. Congratulations to Artie. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. Um, this is a commercial for In the Clutch, a T-shirt which I'm wearing right now. If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your t-shirts from In The Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Dansby, Sayer, Morel too. Clark Fly in his double view. Cody Bellinger, smoking dudes. Vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico. You'll look sharp wearing your strobe. Temper set off with the code. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. In the clutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at In the Clutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t shirts from In the Clutch. Get it all at In the Clutch. Get it all at In the Clutch. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
Welcome back to the Sun Ranto Show. Um, I should explain that song right there because it kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't introduce it, but that's a song from my old band called Bad Teenage Mustache, and it's called Williamsburger, and it's all about the community of Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which is right across the river from Manhattan, which is where Seth Kennedy is right now. Um, as we speak, if, if you look where it says Midtown Manhattan on this map, and then you just kind of go over to the right and that blue line and just where that little green patch is 
um, right there. That's Williamsburg, right towards the uh, northern part of Brooklyn there. And it's – when I lived there back that, in – I have to say, awesome job, Seth. You're going really fast. He's like halfway through. Yeah. It, it, which means our podcast is also halfway through. So uh, meh, ish, <laughs> we're close to halfway. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Seth is about halfway through with his run, and he's in Williamsburg right now, which it it's really quite the hipster neighborhood in many respects. Uh, it it I got priced out of it a long time. ago. I got priced out of it in the nineties. If that tells you, I've, this is a <laughs> this is one of the original gen, gentrifications of of time that happened. Which Williams Burke it's been Brooklyn. gentrified so long, it's almost going the other way now. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's it's now not cool to be that from there anymore. Well, Danny, I have to say, I that's true. Actually, I don't know that I had heard that song before. I absolutely loved it. I really did. Only note. Too much blah, blah, blah. And it's weird <laughs> that on this show where <laughs> there is just too much blah, blah, blah. No, there was just that w- that one section that I thought the song was over. I was like, that was you're, – you're viewing it through – that's a 20-year-old song, you see. So it, back then, people had attention spans for more blah, blah, blahs. <laughs> and, and I will say – and that's what I was thinking. Like the end of so many songs back then – was literally let's just do the chorus a hundred and fifty times. I mean, <laughs> exactly. somebody said it was like a, had a, a Beatles vibe, and yeah, "Hey Jude" is like that. That song's only a, a minute and a half long. <laughs> so <laughs> and they do "Hey Jude" for. I, I want to bring minutes. on a co- one guy that was is actually playing keyboards on that album and a fan of the Washington Nationals, uh, Mr. Johnny Onomatopoeia, and also Uncle Mike, a Mets fan, and also a music producer in and musician in his own right. And so, from Brooklyn. And from Brooklyn. And right now, he's from Brooklyn, and, he's, and Seth will be shortly heading into Queens while you're on the show, where I know that you spent a lot of time in Queens, Uncle Mike. Uh, I did. At Mets Uncle games. And you live there for a bit as well. And uh, Johnny Onomatopoeia, you're in New York currently, whereas Uncle Mike joins us from uh, California. So we've, we've added, what, a seventh state to this show? Amazing. Yeah. Something so, like that. Uh, Johnny, what's yeah, up with you? Welcome. Are, you are in New York City, right? Where Where are you exactly? Are you anywhere near where Seth's running right now? Should uh, Run outside and see if you see Seth. <laughs> I, I will crazy. look. I am close to the marathon path, and uh, last year Jennifer and I saw the marathon go by, and we saw this dude trucking. It was, it's it's uh, mile twenty two. It's the wall, and this guy was running, and his he was running way faster than everyone else, and arms out, and smiling and singing, and then his whole body seized up, and he like hit the ground. So we happened to catch. <laughs> I think it was like this delirium right before uh, his whole body went out. Um, so anyway, he, the they say that happens away. when you get hypothermia too. Like you just get real peaceful, and then your yeah, entire right. body just goes goes to hell. That sounds exactly. like me when I'm drinking hard liquor. Uh, <laughs> I get <laughs> I real crazy right before I pass out. Uh, and uh, Uncle Mike, uh, have you ever ran a marathon? Ever done anything no, like that? No, uh, no desire to run one. However, <laughs> you know, I lived in, in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. 
So the marathon would run straight down Classen Avenue, which was literally maybe like maybe four or five blocks from you know where I live. So we would see it every year. Um, I'll put the map up while, while you're talking I'll about have, it. You know, I have a couple of friends that have. As a matter of fact, one of the cool meeting spots in Williamsburg is right by the L train stop. It's called Bedford. It's right there in Bedford because the the uh, um, the, uh, the the race goes right up Bedford Avenue when when it goes to Williamsburg into Greenpoint. So I've been there at least three or four times to check it out. Yeah, it's it's cool to watch people run the marathon. I didn't think I would get emotional as <laughs> as cool I to watch people run. It, it, no, normally it isn't. You know, normally well, it's well, not I just that sit interesting. There no, normally it makes, no, normally it makes me feel horrible that I'm not running because, like, I'm just like walking slowly and like looking at my phone, and those people are actually exercising. It makes me feel me. terrible. But not at the me. marathon. All like I went to the Chicago Marathon and everybody was all lined up around the side, just cheering on their fellow city people, and I was moved by it. Like I thought it was quite a beautiful thing to do. I mean, I didn't go back. I had that experience. That was enough. But (laughs) but it's not going to get better than this. (laughs) Yeah. So it it was just freaking awesome. Like I I I just like when people just go cheer each other on, even if they're strangers. They're just kind of nice. I think a pro move for any. Well, one thing. The best part for me is. So I come out of the L train and I see my friend go by and everyone's like waving. Ah! And it's, it's great. And then I get back on the train and I ride it into the city to the end. And you meet your people at the end of in Central Park and you go like, yay! So it's like I almost I almost ran it, right? Kinda. <laughs> well, <laughs> you did a, you did a Rosie Ruiz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> great reference. Uh, Johnny, what what do you have to add? You you were about to say something. When you're cheering on people, it's when they put their name on their shirt while they're running. So it'll be like, go, Danny, go. And the whole time they're running the marathon, people are going, go, Danny, go. And I think psychologically it works. And it's fun as a as a as someone uh, watching the race. You're like, yeah, go. <laughs> Cubby I, would, I would absolutely be the person who, like, picks my favorite guy at the marathon and, like, that's my dude. That's my horse right there. Yeah. I think you could follow people on the app, too. I I don't yes. know if it's yes, if you it, your GPS in the phone or something is linked up or if it's just um, – I've also seen, like, some guy that's on, like, mile eight that's just still limping and thinks he could finish. That would be my like, horse. You're like, oh, bro. That's my guy. Yeah, that's exactly – you just want to feel so bad because he trained for this, you know. That's why, you know, I, there's no way I could – I think I could run 26 miles. No. I, oh, God. I, if you ever see me running, y'all better be running as well because there is something chasing me. There's <laughs> some coming. Get out. I'll bite you. Uh, I, I used to listen to a podcast and these guys had this guy on and just – they were just, you know, bullshitting. And the guy claimed that he could run a marathon. He's like, yeah, I could just run one right now. And they're like, and and he was a runner. Like he would run like five or six miles a day, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, you couldn't, you know? So they literally, he's like, no, I'll do it. And so like the next week they did, he ran 26 miles and like wow. almost killed himself. Like <laughs> he almost Yeah, died. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure that's how the first marathon happened. Yeah. He, he yeah, in the first marathon, <laughs> the guy did die, I think. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he so he just up and just was like, 
a five mile a day runner. He's like, I could do it. And he, and he did it. But yeah, he, he smoked himself pretty hard, but ended up getting because of this. He, he was like a stand up comedian and stuff too. He got a sponsorship. They, they sent him shoes. Uh, and they said, no, we want you to like train for this and see if you could beat that. Like what you just did. And they sent him shoes and they kind of did a thing and he made a little money out of yeah, it. Yeah, all right. Well, as long as he got money before almost dying, I guess it's worth it. Well, no, uh, no, no, no. He almost died and then he got then paid, he got- and then he had to run another marathon. And then he got oh, sponsored by a coffin company. This was during <laughs> – yeah. This, this was during the pandemic. This was like all of this stuff happened with like they just had to go out in the street and run because they weren't having races and stuff. Well, speaking by New Balance and Rose's Funeral Home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, teams that died during the race, um, let's right now, uh, Seth's about to run in Queens. And uh, the Mets certainly ran into the toilet this year. They Um, ran into a wall. Yeah. What happened with the Mets, Uncle Mike? And. yeah, what happened? What what do you feel for the future of this of this squad that is going to be quite different? Maybe well, come next year. Well, first of all, I thought you had me on to talk about Seth and the marathon. I, I didn't I didn't think we were going <laughs> to. Yeah, we don't want to bring him down while he's trying to run twenty six miles. I suppose uh, Uncle Mike came. He has notes. He has marathon notes, like a whole book yeah, like, full of them. Yeah, I do. I was all prepared, like Fred LeBeau. The founder of the New York City Marathon. Okay. Not since Rosie Ruiz have we heard such a reference. <laughs> he, he did pass Not away. About anything in the world piece. but trading Max Scherzer. Um, what happened to the Mets? Um, Edwin Diaz had this accident like right before the season. Bullying. And it seemed like that was the beginning of the end for us. Oh, it it was certainly a. It certainly set a bad note to the beginning of the season. If anybody listening doesn't quite remember, he was uh, participating in the World Baseball Classic, and they were celebrating a win. Um, he had just like closed out a really big game. His brother came up. They were hugging. They were jumping. His brother stepped on his foot and he jumped, and it did awful things to his foot, and that's what took him out for the season. Yeah, and uh, well said, well well uh, played there. And to be honest with you, that's that's kind of like what happened to us. I think it was really uh, over before it began. Uh, on the bright side of things, um, well, said so do the bad stuff first. No, on the bright side of of it all, I think we have a catcher for for life uh, with uh, Francisco Alvarez. Um, and that was a prospect of ours, and it was one of uh, a player that's uh that we drafted and 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 everyone was saying bring up francisco he's gonna do well and you know what he did he did pretty good he uh, almost 400 at bats this year uh 25 home runs um and we are happy that we now have a a catcher now the on the other side of the fence it's like where did our pitches go <laughs> You know, the promise was Verlander and Max, and, and everyone had us, you know, taking the East, possibly, but in the pennant. 
and how many games did Verlander or Max actually play for us at some point? Um, yeah, but that did not work. Yeah, but Uncle Mike, I mean, come on. Yes, the other I think silver lining in it is uh, the front office and and the ownership there smart. They did not sit there and you know tuck away the pocketbook and just say, "Oh, we screwed up." And now we're done. No, they took those guys and they said, you know what? We're going to eat this money, I guess, sort of. But really, they're just using that player capital to go get a farm system. Yes. They just stocked that farm system with all those guys. And I have to say, so maybe you guys know somebody else has done this. It's the first time I've ever seen a team do that. Just like. Oh, let's just dump everybody right now, pull every uh, minor leader that we can. I know a team that kind of did that. The Washington Nationals, as soon as they won the World Series, um, dismantled their team almost immediately. That was more of a, my, that was more of a Miami uh, Marlins. I'm sorry, Florida Marlins uh, situation. But, the, but it, it still it killed to, to watch Philly in the playoffs, and you've got Schwarber. I know he's associated with the Cubs, but recently a national, and then my boy uh-huh. Trey Turner. I was going to ask you about Trey Turner because you, you did. He's your favorite guy. And then Harper, the top three of the Phillies, and then you're watching Scherzer the other night pitch. So I know I know these folks have been everywhere, but, but that 2019 Nationals winning team had so many players in the playoffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the, Cubs, the Cubs had a bunch of guys on the Phillies, too. Uh, so at least Dodgers, right? That's Seager. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, the Phillies were just like, okay, who's won a World Series recently? Let's go buy those guys. And, you know, I, I got to give credit to Daddy Warbucks over there being like, <laughs> hey, man, this is a sunk cost. Let's go buy some babies and see what they turn into. Um, I, mean, I, I what, just think that's a smart way to I'm, I'm sorry, um, um, Infield Fly Girl. Um, yeah. What do you, I have to ask you guys? Uh, were you guys surprised when uh, when Buck Showalter sort of was not asked back, or those are fall on your sword situations? Sometimes you never know what's what happened with that. I mean, I would love to have a a guy like Buck on the team, but it seems like on our team he's available. Because- he's available. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I understand, but usually, unfortunately. <laughs> Right now, what's happening is these older guys are getting the heave-ho, and the celebrity manager is going to be a thing of the past, and this thing's going to be run like a corporate boardroom, more yeah. or less, and there's going to be you know, the, a, a decision made with a bunch of people, not just one manager who just feels in his gut what's going to be. You know? But is that what you saw with the Rangers? Wasn't no, Bo- Bochi is a, is a dinosaur. Guy. That, yeah. That's what I mean. But he just won, so it worked. I mean, it's not like Dusty? you said like right. And Dusty, Dusty did it last year. Yeah. Uh, hey, Johnny. Uh, since we're talking about managers leaving, isn't Davy Martinez out? I don't know if he is yet, but I think everyone's contract up is up, and the general okay, manager is I, done. I actually heard uh, rumors that we might that uh, the Nationals might interview green who is the cubs bench coach now like what what the hell are they thinking 
Like, like it there, didn't work with Davy Martinez, so they're going to go to the next guy? <laughs> there's a weird thing happening in Washington where the team is for sale. And so that's one reason they got rid of Soto because they were like, let's just clean the books. And they're still for sale? Yes. Wow. So Hold I think on. You were telling us this two and a half years ago, I think. I think they've just been trying to clear the clear the books, and so they might just keep some of those figurehead people in, and then let the new. You know, it's sort of like when you're selling your house, and you're like, should I redo the kitchen now to get an extra ten grand out, or let the new owners put in the fridge they want? So Dude, I think they're I totally screwed up with my last house, and I tried to redo the like. I thought there was a problem with the floor, and I was like, I'll just fix this little spot. I had to fucking redo the whole thing, and then <laughs> I'm not. A carpenter, and so like I just screwed that whole floor up. <laughs> and then you had to pay somebody anyway. <laughs> and I moved out, and I'm like, that's just yours, man. So imagine Soto is that. Imagine Soto is that little spot that needs to be fixed, and yeah. then <laughs> two and a half years well, later. How, what what are they saying? I know you listen to a lot of Washington radio, so like, what what are they saying? Are they saying they're close because? The Mets, a couple years away, they're saying, but the Nats, like, what, what are they saying with those guys? They're not even trying. It's just a, it's a holding pattern. It's not even like, oh, in three years or three years away, it's just, it's tanked. Do you know anything about their minor league? They Like, have you heard anything? Well, this year they started with, and we talked about this, he's number three in the pipeline and all this pipeline talk and like number one for number three in pipeline and then... None of them work. And if someone's good, the, the Nats get rid of them, trade them away. And get younger? Like, are they just trying to kick the can oh, down yeah. the road? It's, and It's all 23-year-olds with names that sound like uh, rental cars. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> Prism Chasem. Juan Avis. Bob Hertz. So at least the Mets will have the Nationals to beat up on uh, 12, 13 times a year. So you'll have that going it's for It's true. You. The Nats are the Marlins of the – wait. Well, the, Mar- the Marlins weren't that bad. They almost made it. Well, they we did make it. it. And they're in the same division. They can't be the Marlins of their division because that's already the Marlins. The Marlins. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out this whole Phillies thing because uh, this is two years in a row. They've come back from the dead literally during the regular season and just hopped over everybody, you know, and they wound up in the L and and the NDLS, right? And then the NCLS. Yes. Yeah. All the yeah. Way and, I, I, and they're scary. You know, are, are, are the Mets going to be as good as the Phillies again next year? Well, I think, I think oh, the wow. Phillies have, have cornered, uh, a really important baseball strategy, which is to be fun and hit home runs. Yeah, it's songs and vibes. That's all it is. Right. They're like, if we just hit a lot of home runs, people will show up to the ballpark to see our, our big boys hit bombs. Song brigade. Yeah. And if we're, if, if we, if it works out right, if we can manage these guys properly, we will get in with the last wild card spot and make a long run. So who he had had the Diamondbacks? <laughs> Whoever did in Vegas just uh, well at least to get to it. If you even had the Diamondbacks to get there, you made some money. Probably not so much. Uh, uh, probably not. Who's gonna? If you're gonna bet the Diamondbacks, you're not gonna just be like Diamondbacks to win the NLCS. <laughs> not, you, you know, you're not betting that. You're betting them to win the World Series because you're a Diamondbacks fan. So. Right. Like, 
I don't think you got that. Unbelievable. But what do you think of the idea that the Diamondbacks were even there? I mean, that a team that won eight, only 84 games got to play in the postseason tournament and end up in the World Series. Well, I, I'm an old school guy, but you know what? If you get hot at the right, if you get hot at the right time, man, God bless you. You know that's just the way it is. I mean, I'm out here in L.A., you guys, and Dodger fans are really upset. You know, they're 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 about to jump out the window. You know, they get swept. Out the window jumped off the. It's it's crazy, and you know they've been talking about firing their manager for the last three years. I I can only imagine what's going to happen in, in the <laughs> off season floor. This uh-huh. this dude has done nothing but they take them to the NLCS for like eight straight years <laughs> and one World Series and uh, or one World Series victory and like three World Series, all this stuff, and they've been talking about getting rid of him for three years. Yeah, it's. it's- I do have to give a, a shout out to our good friends over at Cespedes Barbecue because he says, "Judge this, Pujols that." Dodgers juggernaut, whatever. I'm focused on crafting my 2023 NL champion Arizona Diamondbacks hot take. This was on September 22nd of 2022. Wow. Mm. Oh, so, 22. All right. <laughs> Hold on. That was before the World Series last year. Yep. Yep. Holy crap. That's. Huh? I was like, hey, well done. I think Did he say that about every team? Screen yeah, got it and erase it. 30 tweets. I'm going to do that <laughs> right now. I, I'm going to do that right now. Do all 30 teams, <laughs> tweet it out, screenshot it so I have it for later. That's it. You know what? I have a Blue Sky account. I'll do it on there because nobody will see it. And then I'll pull it out and nobody will be able to, like, check the receipts. Johnny, how did you like the new format with the participation trophy? Everybody plays uh, round robin thing they did. It gets long. Yeah. Like, is that it's what we're the, talking about? Yeah, yeah I mean, le- the it's last game long. was last night, November first, and it could have gone till November what fifth, sixth. And then when you had those series that were swept, there's two or three nights off where there's no baseball and. It's, it's always too on long. a weekend for some reason. That was just bad scheduling. Yeah. Well, I guess they're afraid of football. That's the other thing that like they don't want to put the world, the playoffs up against football. That, that's pretty funny because it's like regular season football, and we're not even like towards the end where it's like more exciting. We're like just smack dab in the middle of the season. It's yeah, doesn't... and it's like the Bears and the Bengals, and they're just like, ah, oh, we can't go against that. They'd still the Bears and Bengals would get four times as many viewers <laughs> as a Dodgers Yankees game seven. It would. Like that's yeah. That's well, they cool. should consider. I don't know putting the World Series games on the app that everybody pays to watch baseball on. Yeah, yeah, that would that would help. But also, they could run commercials during the Bears and Bengals games that says if you change the channel. The World Series is on, and you might get a lot of people to change that channel because the Bears suck. <laughs> yeah, I would- rock it. I'll tell you my, my opinion. I don't like it. Let's go back to one wild card team, and that's it, man. I, I just think it's a little bit too much. If you, um, yeah, yeah partly like it. it's, it cheapens the regular season. Also, the, yeah, the I don't like it. And, it, and it also screws up the regular season in this way, in that. The Cubs didn't really add that much at the trade deadline, and a lot of teams just kind of stood pat, and they're like, well, we're good enough to maybe get in if we get that hot streak. Good point. It changes the whole dynamic of what is getting the dial card. 
I've been I've been screaming this since I heard they were changing the rule to that, and it's like if half of the teams are getting in, then you only need to try to be better than half the teams. Yep. Yeah, and it's and, not and quite. It's, it's going to end up being a race to the middle. I, middle. Middle. Yep. I was <laughs> actually I was saying that stuff back when they were talking about making a universal DH. Like, I have a tweet. I have a tweet from 2014 where I put that out there. Yeah, no, as Pull soon it as you, as I soon as you make the universal rule, you make the leagues exactly the same, and then pretty soon it's the NFL because the NFL has technically there was two different leagues, and then they merged them, and it doesn't matter. Nobody knows that there's any difference anymore, and that's what you get with baseball now and i hated that as everyone knows but i think at this point if you're going to do it this way you actually need to go all the way you need to get rid of divisions altogether wow get rid of uh all of that and then you just you play everyone all You're the your time. own thing no divisions no divisions you just play in the top six teams in each league get into the tournament, but you also have a league champion, right? So, I mean, that, that's not really different than what's happening. <laughs> that's that's exactly no, 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 how no, it no. Like you get a re- it's like <laughs> soccer where you get a regular season champion. The the American League and the National League do not exist anymore. Right. You right. just have one oh, all thirty teams in the top all thirty teams. teams. Yeah. And you you have a, a a regular season champion, but then you also have a postseason tournament, and that's the top twelve teams. Wow. And then there's a so which is kind of how soccer does it, right? You have a, a champion of the regular season, but then they have like a champions tournament or some shit after it. Well, the AL East would have been all over it, you know, like, yeah. it, it, they, and then, a, and then the they could all made... get in and you don't have some of this dumb shit. Right. And I think I worked it out. Every division champion that we had this year would have made it in, but Cleveland would have been like 11th instead of having home field advantage. Cleveland. I I think this whoever whoever the fuck won or Minnesota maybe yeah Minnesota sorry I don't know I mean I think Does what that would help who won this is Central and AL? No. I, I think that would help incentivize like the Central teams to try to be good enough to beat the AL East teams because now they don't have to just be better than the White Sox. I got the standings up there for everybody to take a right. look at. They uh, they've gone. They're kind of in that halfway point right now, and I don't think this halfway point works. Like I, well, you Seattle know, makes it probably in that scenario. Do they? Yeah, yeah, because they, they had a better record than Minnesota. Minnesota's out at that point. Yep. So, and that's you know that's a little bit more fair, um, I, I guess, because they just won more games and considering they're playing everybody, and in the NL. Um, I, I guess is there, there's really not a bad division winner. So NL went how it would have gone anyway, I think. See, and, and I think most people know that I skew a bit more traditional on the oh, baseball. But you're saying no switch. Okay. But I'm actually saying, man, move all the way, throw it, throw, throw it all in, 
one league, 30 teams, everybody plays, and the top 12 teams get a tournament thing, but we also have a champion at the end of the year. That's just Would that also mean that teams would face other teams they don't see as often? I mean, of course. I mean, we've already made that change. Yeah, make mm-hmm. maybe even play. I mean, yeah. You, just, well, you wouldn't have to worry about your division rivals, right? Because you know how they have to have like thirteen. You'll games. kill rivalries, which is stupid yeah. to do. Yeah, it's dumb to do. You know, <laughs> it but would make, kill. It would kill rivalries, but they kind of I, don't I give think, a shit about that anyway. I think you. I think your regional rivalries are still going to be the same. Like like Wrigley Field and the whatever the frick the Brewer Stadium is called now, um, they're never going to be, like, further away from each other, right? Like, it's still going to be easy enough to go and buy tickets to a Brewers game and go and harass the fans there. Like, I, I think those I think those regional rivalries where it's like, ah, I can't believe the damn Blue Jays or fans are in my ballpark again. It, like, I think would, those rivalries will still exist. It would absolutely devastate the Brewers, though, because... We would have their a bill. lot less games against the Cubs where they would actually have fans in their park. I guess they'll just have to be interesting <laughs> enough for other fans to go there. So we've, I don't we've know. Got what, a- what, what do you guys think? You guys are NL East guys. If that happened, it would make the Nationals-Mets situation lessen. Would that make any difference to you guys? Do you guys even, as NL East foes, do you even care about yeah, who's, the Mets or the Nationals? Yeah, who's your rival? I, I, I was going to say because I, I, I'm looking at it like, to be honest with you, and I could be old school by saying this, but our rivals are obviously the Phillies, um, but they're also Atlanta um, to a certain oh. extent. The Cardinals, you know, St. Louis. Imagine the, if, like, the Dodgers are, are as, as much as we don't play them a, a lot during the year, but there's a because of, because of the Dodgers being part of New York and Brooklyn back in the day. Those those games are huge. You see Dodger mm-hmm. fans all, all through City Field. So our rivals are, are really. I mean, our rivals are not the Nationals, to be honest with you. And it, and, and obviously, they're not the Yankees. Um, but our 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 rivals are sort of out of towners. You know, maybe Midwest teams as well as as an LA team. How about Johnny? Who who are the Nationals' rivals? The the Orioles? No, Uncle, Uncle Mike's totally got it. Yeah. The, I think the uh, the Nats rivalry is is internal, you know. It's just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's on the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it's you know the 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 Nationals are a a moved team, an expansion club, whatever. However, it's looked at, and so there isn't that doesn't go back. And Uncle Mike's totally right. You know, like the I feel the rivalry. Because I lived in Los Angeles, and so I rooted for the Nats against LA. And I've got family that roots for the Mets here in New York, and so you've got those little things that are just personal to you. But I, there's no one coming to to Nats Park with the other jersey on in Field Flag Girl. You know, it's like they're not coming in. Right. So, well, just Vegas just for being brings bad. up a point. Uh, the Nats rivals are the Rangers and Twins, and what he what he means by that is that the Washington Senators relocated both to Minnesota and to Texas. Yeah, 
right. was DC celebrating that Rangers win last night? Like, that's our team! <laughs> Yay, finally! Well, Fuck the Expos. We're, we're Rangers if you're now. going that route, you could go with the Marlins as well. Yeah. But what's up with DC? <laughs> like, all yeah, these... The senators. <laughs> Not the Nationals, yeah. the Senators. You, well, you get the Senators, but you also get the Expos that went to... No, the Expos ended up... Th- Florida was just an expansion team, I think. Yeah, yeah. but the yes. Expos owners moved them to Washington and then sold them to go buy the No, the Expos Florida. became the, the Nationals, I thought. Yeah, Expos became the Nationals, but the owners sold the Nationals and bought Florida or some shit. Oh, okay. Here's the unique thing about Washington, D.C., is that it is a transient town... And every yeah. two and four years, a whole new group of people comes in and their support. And of course, some people make their home there, like my family. But there's enough people coming in from every other city that it's hard to keep a good sports town. Like you don't have the generational thing happening as much there. So people don't. Yeah, understand. nobody's like from there. Except Johnny. Weird. It's, it, it's, it's a you know, quote unquote, like you said, regional. And it's a government town. And yeah. it's a heavily population African American, but let's think about it. It's a hockey town. <laughs> the capital right. are the draw in that town. They really, and the, not and the, the Wizards. <laughs> the Commanders too, don't they like the Commanders? And the Commanders, America? Redskins. I'm sorry, yeah, Redskins. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, yes, indeed. You just got canceled. Uncle Mike. Yeah, you're, uh, you're canceled, Mike. <laughs> you're done. I thought, I honestly thought that the Washington football team thing was perfect and they should have just rolled with it. Like, that I totally They'll go back agree. to it. I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm putting it on here. It's going back. It's going back. New I owners. Love I love that, that name. You know what's amazing is that they can use Washington football team as their throwback jersey now. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a <funny>. bad jersey. <laughs> So uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll say goodbye to you guys because I know, uh, well, Johnny, you're on the East Coast, so it's getting late out there and everything. But I wanted to check, wanted you to come on and, uh, you know, just share your thoughts on the on the uh, NL East. Any any uh, final thoughts for Seth uh, as he runs? Yes, in? and I will he say this. Hitting, he, he's hitting the Queensboro Bridge right around now. He might be just past it or – Towards or right on it, or I don't know what he's doing, but he's uh, feeling Uncle groovy. Mike rocking the Knicks hat right now. <laughs> Seth, the Knicks, they, I feel, they, feel guilty because I ran a half marathon once, and it's such stolen valor because it has the word marathon in it, and if you just roll, by, oh, that was like half a comment. They should call it something different. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I'm. Uh, I support Seth. Go for it. Go Seth. Go Seth. Um, Mike, any parting words for Seth as he uh, runs Seth, over the the Queensboro Bridge? Uh, don't pick up any wooden nickels. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great advice because there's wooden nickels all over the East Side. We we if there's one thing I know, it is the Manhattan. East Side is known for the wooden nickels that fall from the trees near Gracie Mansion. Uh, so, um, hey, you know, we'll have you on again, of course, in the off season. I would love to talk before the season starts, Johnny, and I'll definitely be in New York before too long. I'm trying to plan a trip out there so we can all hang out and have fun. But 
And Uncle Mike, I hope to see you too, because you live in Los Angeles and it's warm there when it's cold here. It's a it's another sunny day in LA. Come on out. I uh, love the Sun Rental crew. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Catch me on X or and or IG at Bill's Kid. Yeah, double L S K I D. At Bill's Kid. Follow Uncle Mike and uh, Johnny. People can't really follow. You. You're not a social media guy, right? Johnny, I'm on Friendster, where I made a lot of predictions. <laughs> Two thousand seven. <laughs> Screenshot them all. <laughs> and on that note, uh, we'll be right back. And we'll be right back with Mike Waller from the Cubs PS Plus podcast. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. Do you like having sex? Me too. That's why I always wear my Sunranto swag shirts every time I'm looking to get some. It's the only t-shirts guaranteed to get you laid. Knock boots in your shankless shirt. Bump uglies in a ranter long sleeve. Ride the skin busted tuna town in a dabbing cubes fan shirt. Take gold one eye to the optometrist in your bull penis awesome attire or smash pissers in a spagog shirt. Sunranto swag shirts are just like people. There are many different sizes and colors to choose from. Plus, at Sunranto's Swag Store, you'll find Vintage John Baker Day, Designated Hater, and Matt Camerer drawn rally titty designs on everything from shirts and hoodies to baby onesies, bags, and hats. Go to sunranto.com slash swag and check out all the sexy styles guaranteed to get you laid. You'll be stuffing the soft taco in no time. Sunranto.com slash swag. Guaranteed to get you laid. Wearing Sunranto Swag products not guaranteed to get you laid. Sunranto Swag is not responsible for your sexual life. Sunranto Swag is for entertainment purposes only. Stuff. Hey, Cubs fans, at Amazon.com, do you buy lots of stuff? Why not support the Sun Ranto Show by shopping through SunRanto.com slash stuff? All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to SunRanto.com slash and click any of our Amazon links before you buy your Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful And the Sun Ranto Show will get a small kickback because of the you bought. And you'll be helping in the Sun Ranto Show buy all the We need to stay on the air talking about the Cubs and other. Plus, you could win a monthly prize if some of your is chosen for Amazon of the month. And if you win, we'll send you more. Sunranto.com slash That address again is sunranto.com slash the Welcome back to the Sunranto Seth Kennedy Marathon Podcast. Hashtag chance in the chat, and you can win a Frank Chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and doom. Um, we are just, we're still on the seas in the 40 man roster, two hours and 17 minutes into the show. <laughs> Which is hilarious. We haven't done one bitch clock, but we have been talking to all our friends, and we're going to bring out more friends. Um, here's Mike Waller. From the Cubs PS Plus po- po- podcast and from Fly the W and formerly of Sunranto, Crawley Cubs. Um, hey guys. Nope. Hey, hey, uh, what is this for? Is this for Robert F. Kennedy fundraiser? 
<laughs> so I was gonna say I'm pretty vexed up, dude. I don't know. I don't know what the hell. What are we doing? Yeah. No, That's he's our next guy. week. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, what, is, what, is, what is this for? Seth Kennedy is running the marathon as we speak. He just went over the, uh, I think, the Queensboro Bridge, and he will be heading uh, a crossing 69th Street very, very soon. Nice. nice. On the east side um, of Manhattan. I, I just had a, a, a terrible thought, though. What? Danny, you keep saying where you think he's supposed to be. What if I he's got a not list. there? Well, then he's either failing or he's the head of the <laughs> you know, I got is like, Ronnie is just like, fuck, I'm not where he said, like, I'm uh, not going fast run, enough. Run faster, fool. Let's go. Let's go, Seth. <laughs> Let's go. Faster. We got to get his pace going up a yeah. little bit. Oh, and you know what we didn't do here? I wanted to point out, I am drinking a zombie dust undead pale mm-hmm. ale. We didn't talk nice. about these things tonight. And this is a damn Damn fine beer. And I've had a few of them now. Yeah, I was like, what, what's the percent on that? <laughs> it's uh, six and a half beer. percent. And Infield Fly Girl's got her World Series shirt to, to commemorate. I yeah. mean, look at, look at Happy that. Happy anniversary, Crawley. Wow. That was. Uh, and I'm, I'm wearing the your podcast shirt. Let me see it. off with code Sanranto and in the clutch of course uh, uh, for the listeners and for <laughs> seth running danny just stood up and showed off his in the clutch uh fly wh- the, what is the, fly the wiener fly the wiener shirt yeah the with, with our beloved pantsless Clark. Yeah. That is so freaking so, good. Uh, so l- why don't we just rock through a couple more of these guys that were on the 40? We're going to try to do the whole 40-man. We're not even close, obviously. Uh, we're <laughs> on oh, I'm really surprised. I thought you guys would be almost done with the show and wrapping up, and I would just come in on the tail end. <laughs> no, Seth's going to finish the race and wonder why nobody shuts up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seth's going to run the race backwards. Yeah. He's going to get to the end and turn around and go the other direction. Um, so we're on Candelario. <laughs> so we thought, <laughs> and, and we're going alphabetically. Yeah. So just to warn that you. tells you how far we've made it. But uh, I guess quick, quick on this. We didn't really see much of him. He got hurt right away. We we didn't really get to see him down the stretch. But uh, would would he be somebody that you guys would want back, uh, Mike? Well, Mike, we haven't even let you talk yet. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, he's a guy that's not going to be super expensive. He can fill a couple places. He can play third base. He can DH. He can play first base. So if you're going to try to work Morel at third or you want to give Mervis a shot at first base, or he's he's just a versatile piece that can play a bunch of different places. So for that reason, I would, but it's going to be totally contingent on what they make as their big moves. I mean, you know, when you talk about Heimer, and, and, and boy, it was the right move, and it just didn't work out as far as, like you said, mm-hmm. him being injured. Um, the Cubs have, starting today – Five days to negotiate exclusively with him. I don't. I don't think he's going to. You know, they're going to come to anything. Most of the time, that doesn't happen. He'll test the market and see what he gets. But he's definitely a piece that you could use. But if all of a sudden you don't have, if he, if Cody Bellinger's gone or you don't replace that bat, Heimer Candelario is not a substitute. As far as right. just being a very good piece to have on the team, absolutely. Yeah, let's bring Heimer back. I'm glad he's back. But as far as if the the big question, and, and I know you got past the bees, but if you don't have Bellinger, 
that was a big chunk of the offense right there that you're going to have to make up somehow, some way. Yeah. Also, unsurprisingly, I accidentally missed two guys, Boxberger and Ben Brown. So, But we did do <laughs> Bellinger. We did do Bellinger. So we're going to get back to some bees. Um, so if uh, we were doing this thumbs up, thumbs down, or uh, even on it, uh, what do you think about uh, Candelario? A thumbs up, thumbs down, or, or just uh, even? I'm even. All right. I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think he should stand in the I'm way even. of anybody else. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's the first. That is the first player we've been lukewarm on. Been, yeah, well, I like it, but he's it. not a difference maker, and this team needs exactly. difference makers. Yeah. I even thought of th- that when they got him. I was like, "Well, well everybody's we talking we about Alcantara, though. I mean, that's not a difference maker knew, either." But we were all up on him. I knew Candelario was not going to be enough to push this team into the playoffs, even if he didn't get uh, hurt. I, I think, I, I think, if he had stayed healthy, that it would. I mean, Danny, we're talking about up into the last weekend of the season that the Cubs were in it. If he was healthy, if he was a healthy bat, then I think that that could have easily pushed him over the edge. Now, again, the bullpen was absolutely falling apart and being duct taped. Yeah. And, and, and Jose Quas became the Latino version of, uh, uh, what was the guy's name that they always threw in his arm always? Steve, uh, C-Shack. C-Shack. Yeah. yeah he's a Latino version of Steve, Steve C-Shack. You know what I mean? Steve, so Steve C-Shack and the C-Shack. And the C-Shore. like, I think if you were just asking me, like, do I like Candelario as a dude? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Great. Great dude. Yeah. Do I want to get to the end of this offseason and the big signing that we have for third slash first base is Heimer Candelario? No, thank you. Right. right. By the way, yeah. is his name Jamer? Heimer? I have no idea. Yeah, I've heard it both ways. I mean, I'm, I, I thought it was Jamer. That's what I thought, but. I don't know. That's how I've heard it, but that's not how this like, yeah. Spanish pronunciation. Yeah, Spanish one is, but everyone keeps calling Kevin Alcantara. Uh, it's it's El- Kevin Alcantara instead of Alcantara. So yeah. I mean, we're probably Americanizing it anyway. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get to a good old American well, that, that, name like who, Ben who Brown. Is the uh, Crawley, who is the guy that you went up and talked to in Spanish, and he was like, "Dude, I'm from Canada." <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's Michael Hermosillo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You. Yeah, you know what? Time out, time out. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like his last name was Lefleur or something. It was freaking Hermosillo. How the hell am I supposed to know? But still, if if his last name was Lefleur, would you have gone up and started speaking French to him? Parlez-vous français. I speak all sorts of languages when I've had a few in me. (laughs) Christ, I'll be speaking Swahili. You make up your own language. Let's hope you never get too drunk to say the name Ben Brown because <laughs> that seems pretty easy. I don't know. I've seen I, pictures I, that think, say maybe he has. <laughs> yes. Oktoberfest, uh, that might have been a, a case, but I, I love Ben Brown. He is a dude. And I think that, you know, this is, this is where things get interesting, though, is that the Cubs have a lot of those guys that are just kind of bubbling up on the surface, ready to kind of break through, but there's not a lot of rotation spots. You know, you you know that Strowman's going to opt in, so that's already one. You got Steele as two. Uh, you're going to have Jamison Tyone going anywhere as three. Kyle Hendricks. It sounded from what Rickett said and what from Jed said that Hendo would be back. That's four. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, are you really going to pay Drew Smiley ten million dollars to come out of the bullpen? You're going to give him a crack at it. Yeah, so, he's going to come out of the bullpen, but I mean, the money's already spent. And then there's Assad. You got the, you know, did you say Tyone? Yeah, yeah, he he, he bought um, Tyone. 
Well, and, well, Ben Brown, you want him to, to have a chance because you want these guys, I think, to start cracking at least the back of the rotation. If he got hurt down the stretch, and I think people were looking for maybe a little help down the stretch, but judging by how David Ross likes to operate, he wouldn't have pitched anyway, even if they did bring him up. But, um, you know, but we were looking for that help, and then he couldn't give it because he was just simply hurt. So, um, Mike, where are you on Ben Brown? Did you pay attention Me? to his – his, I did, uh, yeah. Like he tore it up the first what four or five months of the season, looked like the next guy up. Um, then he had the injury, but I think he's a guy that maybe he does the Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson thing. Like maybe he's in as a spot starter, maybe gets a crack here and there, maybe come up and work out of the bullpen. Like you have to go into these seasons with nine, ten starting pitcher options. Um, the other thing is if they look at trades, like Crawley said, they got a number of these guys bubbling up to the surface. Maybe he's a guy that helps you get another piece that you desperately need. Yeah, okay. dude. Buy your buy your good players with prospects, like maybe a Juan Soto for next year. Mm-hmm. Oh, but okay, so I heard Crawley say uh, uh, Strowman's coming back, and yeah. I thought the same thing. But Sarah Sanchez was on earlier, and she was saying that things have changed, and he might try free agency. The market, yeah. Um, so I, so Crawley, I, I know what you were thinking. You think he's coming back. I, I thought he was coming back. Uh, Mike Waller, have you been looking into this? Do you have any, I mean, I th- Sarah made a good argument, but she teaches debate. So I was, expect that, but I mean, there was some merit there, but like <laughs> he's, he's got $21 million in his pocket. If he ex- just stays with the Cubs for one year for one year. And he's coming off two injury plague seasons where he's missed big chunks of both seasons. I, if I'm him, I'm probably taking the $21 million trying to have a good walk here and then go see what I can get next year. Crawley, what do you think? You, th- you think oh, that uh, – 100%. Uh, yeah, he's not – I mean, you're going to give him a three- or four-year deal? If you if you were a GM, I wouldn't. Not at this point. Not until he can show he's healthy. And and like Mike said, you know, I mean, you know, the the main thing with these guys is, is – and you, you saw it is, is we, the Cubs lucked out. I mean, Jordan Wicks and Javier Assad stepped up when Stroman – went down. And, and, and that was surprising, you know, to see that those guys did as well as they did. But you, you know, in the postseason, you got to have some guys that are studs and, and can go one, two starters. And, and I don't know if Stroman's able to do that right now. I just, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I think he's a great guy. I love him. I, I think I, you know, I've had Danny, we, we got to go see him over at um, Levante and the Lost Boys uh, read to the kids. He's a great guy. We had him at club 400. Um, it's just when you're looking for, at, for ACE money, I just don't feel like for the last couple of years he's, you know, that I'm willing to, if I'm a GM, let's say I go, you know, what's, what's the, what are they saying right now for going rate? You know, like 180, 200 million. You want to do that for Stroh? I don't know. Yeah. So, well, then that's, are they high on uh, Ben Brown where they, you know, as well that they could also consider Stroh as expendable, uh, expendable because maybe somebody that the Cubs would want to lock up in a walk year or whatever is Stroman say, you're our guy. We want to let's buy this year. Let's, you know, instead of doing this dumb opt out, maybe we can negotiate something for the future. If you're doing that sort of thing with Hendo, why can't you get creative with Stroman? I don't get the feeling that the Cubs are really that hot on Stroman, maybe for the reasons of the injuries, but also it just doesn't feel like it's ever fit for some reason. I think the Cubs need more width. I mean, that's where they need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you've got Kate Horton's coming up fast. Like, 
I, I don't think we'll see him in Chicago until maybe the second half of the season. Um, ben Brown gets more strikeouts. I'm not done with Wesneski as a potential starting pitcher. Um, but I think they need to aim higher. I think I, I just don't see Stroman being in Chicago beyond this year. He's like a good. He'd be like a good number two, three on the team. But oh, they, exactly. But yeah. he wants the ace money, and and he might have been that had he not gotten hurt. And he's, I don't know. It's we're gonna get to him later. Maybe we don't have to do him now. But uh, but but Ben Brown, we got to do Ben Brown. How, where we're at is the stock oh, rising here. Two thumbs I'm, up, I'm baby. Two thumbs, thumbs up, up. Ben Brown. Where you? I I'm in the middle because I don't know anything about him, uh, and you until I've seen him play. <laughs> It's not very American of you. Like he's he's just a prospect, and I don't want to be down on a prospect. I don't know, like, but too many. To, I've been I've been bitten by the prospect perversions. Uh, you have no hope. Times. You're a hopeless person. <laughs> here's here's a uh, Boxberger who uh, was on the forty man. I mean, he's kind of done, right? I mean, he, they, they don't have him next year, right? Or do they? It's a, it's a mutual, mutual. option. Yeah, or is he it is, no? Is a club option? I believe the club, club option. option. Yeah, club he is option. neither box nor burger. Yeah, <laughs> he, he. I don't even remember the twenty innings he did pitch. So. Oh, they were awful. A- April yeah. and May. Yeah, bad. I think he was pitching hurt, but still, I mean, it was just not good. And... He's a greasy cardboard, flappy, soppy box. I gotta yeah. say though, uh, you know, I'm a little disappointed that Michael Cotton has lost faith in the prospects. I think Jared Young did him in. <laughs> Have you guys gotten to the wise yet, Jared Young? I mean, no? I li- you know Not what? Hey, be sometime around hour seven. I like. <laughs> he got out right in today, so he's not on the forty anymore. Uh, I like oh. I- today. He did. I screenshotted him and everything. We're gonna get to it at about two in the morning. <laughs> he's not even gonna be on there. <laughs> Seth Kennedy's in his bed, sleeping, just resting a little bit. Woo. Yeah. I mean, you know, silver cape. Well, I, uh, okay, let, let, let's call an end of Boxberger. Yeah, Boxberger. Yeah, there's our first, I think, unanimous. There's the first unanimous down vote. I mean, well, we, we saw him in Milwaukee. He's really good. He just was injured and the, the forearm strain nonstop all year. I mean, I think that was just such, I keep thinking about, you know, bullpens are very volatile as is. Mm-hmm. And the Cubs have done such a great job over the last few years of somehow just finding guys like Andrew Chafin or Scott Efros or David Robertson and be like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then we'll flip you. And then I think that was the plan, you know, to have Fulmer and Boxberger really leading the charge. And then those two guys were the ones that were the big, you know, to me, the biggest busts of the season. I'm going to let IFG start with this next guy, Canario, because I know she's a big fan. He's tearing it up down with the Aguilas. That's uh, the San Ranto sister team over in Lightham. But, um, you, yeah, you want to t- t- talk about your love of, of <laughs> Alexander Canario, please. I, I, the big thing was last year, um, last winter at the beginning of the Aguilas season, um, he had only been in for, was it 10 games or something and had a terrible collision at first base. He like broke his ankle in a billion places and dislocated his shoulder and like, it was just an awful thing to watch. And whenever I see that happen, I have to root a little bit extra hard for them to come back from that. Um, and then he did. And he did so well. Um, he, he healed up and then he played in, in the minors this year. He did really well. Uh, he got the call up and I was so excited to see him play at Wrigley Field. And then he 
basically like watch everybody else play from the bench. Um, and so, you know, because the Cubs are, are perfectly content to have their prospects trained up by the Dominican Winter League, he's down there playing right now and doing pretty good. I mean, he's got, he's, you know, they're 10 games in now. He's got, uh, what was it? What, what has he got? 12, yeah, 12 hits in, uh, in 36 at bats. Um, he's been the difference maker in a few of the games that they've won. The Aguilas aren't particularly great this year. I think they're at 500 right now, 10 games in. Um, our team. That's our team. <laughs> that's our boys. Uh, but, but you know, it's, it's nice. You know, you sit there, you watch it and, 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 you know, he hits a double and Starlin drives him in and it's like, yay, cub stuff. Peripherally, <laughs> Cub stuff yeah. in yellow and black. I might add, they've got cool yellow and black uniforms too. Such cool yellow and black uniforms. They're a lot of fun to watch. Um, I, I always recommend if you are the kind of person who you know misses baseball in the off season that you pick up a winter league team. Uh, there's plenty to choose from, and you know I I just really enjoy watching. Uh, Alexander Canario play and I'm I'm hoping I'm two thumbs up on him and I hope that we get to see more of him at Wrigley and if not that he is sold for something really really good. Crawley yeah. do, do, do they I, I want to ask you did do, do the Cubs win the division or not the division maybe the division but do they w- make the playoffs if Canario plays? I, you know, again, this all came down to bullpen, but geez, I don't know what, why David Ross would sit there and, and just have the guy sitting on the bench. I mean, maybe he went to obvious shirts and bought one of those summer of Talkman shirts or something dumb, but he didn't do crap in September. Talkman, he was 229. Are you telling me that you, you know, Canario, see what you've got? I heard Bruce Bochy say the other day, someone on his team, you know, the World Series winning team, hit a grand slam, and he said, hey, basic rule of thumb, if you hit a grand slam, you're in the lineup the next day. I subscribe to that line of thinking. 100%. If you hit a grand slam, you get to be in the lineup the next day. And if you hit one in that game, you're going to be in the following game as well. I don't care if he's right-handed, left-handed, ambidextrous. Jesus H. Christ, when you hit six home, six RBIs in a game and a grand slam, you put the guy back in. I don't understand what David Ross was doing. I, I, you know, it just was so frustrating. You know, all the reasons IFG said coming back from that injury, he's a guy that, you know, when I talk to a lot of the minor league guys, you know, as far as coaches or whether it's the broadcasters, the ball just flies off his bat. And, and if you're talking about something that the Cubs lacked this season was pop. That was the big thing. Whether you're talking first, third, left, right, you didn't, you know, a lot of guys had like 20 home run power. I think they had six batters hit 20 home runs. But man, sometimes you need a guy that strikes fear in hitters. And I mean, I think Cody Bellinger did. Um, but I, I don't think m- many other people on the Cubs did. Yeah. Do you think yeah. he gets a chance, Mike, next year? Do you think, I mean, the, uh, the outfield is pretty crowded. I mean, well, was, I think this I is mean, where you, oh, go ahead. Uh, oh, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm over talking. Go for it. It's your turn. <laughs> um, no, I, I think this is where, you know, the Cubs have so much depth in the outfield. I thought Canario, before he got hurt last year, I thought he was going to get traded last offseason um, because there were pieces they needed and he was rising up to the system, the massive power. I would love to see him get a shot. Um, we'll see if Seiya Suzuki can stay healthy. I mean, he's a guy to keep around and maybe, maybe you plug in if Seiya gets hurt. But I think he's also a guy that 
could be traded. I mean, Kevin uh-huh. Alcantara's timeline lines up a little bit better with uh, Haps and say his contracts, but you know, Mike, I, mean, though, I was thinking the same thing this year with Nelson Velasquez. Yeah. Hey, yeah. say got injured, so maybe Nelson Velasquez will get a shot. Yeah, they, no, no, no. We got Miles Mastrobani. We, we need to, we need we need Trey Mancini in right field. Good <laughs> God. That was managerial incompetence. You take a look at that time that Say was out with the oblique injury. That was horrendous. Guys that yeah. they had going like in that little circle, and it was all infielders. It was yeah. Patrick Wisdom, Trey Mancini, and uh and Mastroboni, and, and, and you you had Nelson Velasquez sitting right there. Again, Grand Slam doesn't play for a week. Okay, sounds great. Yeah. That's some that's some high quality managing there, Rossi. Well, it, at least they traded him and we found out that he was a failure on another team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Think of somebody say, else. Yeah, he did all right. I'm thinking of the Exxon Velasquez. Nelson, you know, what do you have? <laughs> nine, nine, nine home runs in September might have been nice to have. Bad. I don't I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, him and Canario was uh, who were Apparently, talking about kind of it was um, on a tear when they benched him too. So that's why yeah. I'm wondering. It's like you really couldn't give him. What did he get? Two at bats? Like what was it? Uh, he had an at bat. He had a game. Seventeen played appearances, and he right. batted well. Yeah, five yeah. hits, a double, a triple, a dog, six ribbies. Didn't walk, but right. well, I don't think well, anybody expected okay, but- him to to come up and just start every day on a playoff team. But you bring him up, use him. Yeah, the the in and look, you're looking at 17 at bats, and anybody can make the argument that like, well, that's such a small sample size, you can't get anything out of that. But that's actually the 17 at bats is the most important number because he was on the team for like a month and a half, <laughs> and he didn't get to play. Right. I mean, and usually those guys actually don't hit 294. If they're only getting one at bat every three days, they're usually hitting like, you know, 150, you know, but it could turn around real quick. But um, all right, let's get our let's get our thumbs ready. Yeah, we're all. Yeah. Look, anybody the Cubs are going to just sit on the bench this year. I kind of feel like I'm giving a thumbs up because I don't have any confidence that they know who they have on their team. We talked about him a little bit. He was uh, the Sh- Steve Shishek from uh, Latin America, and it is Jose Quas. And Quas. Um, he just – yeah, they pitched his ass off. He, <laughs> he he just came – when he came to the Cubs, he pitched every pretty much every other day at least, sometimes multiple days in a row. And it, it wasn't that great. He didn't do that good. I mean, 304 ERA, you'll take it, but it wasn't like you got some lights-out reliever – down the stretch, and they had to overpitch him because everybody else was hurt. Well, and, no, he's, and he's, he's got a lot of movement. Kansas City wasn't being nice to him either. Like they pitched him forty-one innings in forty-five games. Like he had a ton of work on that arm this year. Sixty-five yeah. innings, seventy-two games, seventy-two right. games, 72 games between the two innings. teams. Yeah, what's well, that? It's almost every other day, all season. Yeah, so I mean, you can kind of expect that from a high-end reliever. The question is, is Jose Cuas a high-end reliever? Is this a guy that you're going to be able to rely on 65? Uh, he, he was until game 58. I think you know, I think he's a guy that has a reputation of having a rubber arm, and so that's not a bad thing to have on the team. But I think that, you know, again, like you said, just thrust into a situation where it's like, who do we have? Nobody? Okay, shit, well – 
Quash, you're back out there. And then and yeah. he's put in a lot of situations that weren't beneficial to him. To me, I think he can very much be like Julian Merriweather was this season for the Cubs. Give him a little time. Get, get him cooked up in the pitch lap. See what you got. But I think he, his arm is very lively. I think, you know, he has a good chance. Maybe he doesn't make the, the bullpen out of, out of spring training, but I think we'll see Jose Quas plenty this season. And he's got a lot of movement. I mean, it's, when he's on, his stuff is nasty. I think there's a lot to work with there. Yeah, he's the hat's right stroke, you know. And, That's right. Yep. So it, and I like having that. I used to always put my hat to the left when Stropey would pitch, and now we have something like that to do again. So yeah. I'm, I want nothing but – I still go hat left every every time I put what it on. What was Fernando Rodney? The arrow. I know, oh, but he had a hat was, tilt too. He, was, he had he a hat tilt right, too. I think. Oh, yeah. I think he was hat right. I think he was hat right too, yeah. Was he? I think I had He's yeah. he wears his hat all weird like a little kid on top of his head. Yeah, but it was like like on his head, but like angled. Yeah, but it was like it was really like tilted up. <laughs> look, people are are He's really a rally cap. Yeah, it looked Most, like a rally cap. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are are too old to remember this, but this was some 1980s shit right here. You yeah. put that hat as far back on your head as it would just stay. What about 1970s Jose Cardinal? I mean, that thing, like with that fro, it used to look, his hat used to look like one of those little ice cream hats that you have on there. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's check on Seth. Where do, where do we think he is now? Or he, I think he already passed Gracie Mansion. He's, oh, he's into the Bronx right now. So, uh, Danny keeps looking at something <laughs> off screen. As if it's called an iPad. <laughs> it's, it's called the script that you. But he's like look looking. At he's like, I know where he is. It's so weird. Like it just yeah, creates well, this it, image it in my head that you're strange. actually watching him two days before he runs. Yes, it's. Uh, I'm a magic man. Uh, I missed Uncle Mike. Is he going to go out there and start throwing water at him or something? What's going on? He's in California <laughs> he's now. In California. Oh shit. We need, we need Johnny's Johnny. in New York though. Yeah, Johnny. Not a is in New York. So. Oh man! Everybody's <laughs> all over the place. They they switch. They did. They switch spots. Seriously, miss a little, miss a lot. Is is, is Wheelo still hanging out near Milwaukee? Yeah, no, who cares? I don't. No, care he's about in that. L.A. too. He's at, he's at a TV show actually, a, a, like a Good Morning with some lady. I forget. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, he, it's yeah, he's on TV show. Yeah. Johnny's doing Howard it's a, Stern. It's, it's a it's a football show, so that's why I'm like I don't understand. But yeah, Johnny. But uh, all right, so Quas. Uh, we're going to see a lot of him. I, they're you know they're, they're, they're going possibly even. the most uh, successful of the people that were on this show. <laughs> where, where are we with, with Quas? No. Oh, Quas, I'm going to go thumbs up for Quas. Thumbs up. I have to what you – all right. All right. I'm going to give it like a half thumb. Yeah. Danny, Danny's I'm, – I'm, 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 I'm unconvinced. I, I feel like <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of mad that they – Frankly, that they traded Nelson Velasquez for him. <laughs> like, you know, yes. I mean, it, it kind of pisses me off. it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's Zach Quas's fault. That's a good point. Um, oh, we have a picture of Fernando Rodney here to share? Yes. All right. I'll, I'll throw it up here. Yeah. That, that's right. left. Extreme no. hat to the left. That's left. Yeah. Well, I was wrong. Yeah, Pincus was wrong, too. Yeah. But it, you know, we might be seeing like a reversed photo. No, oh, because you look at his jersey. The jersey's correct. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe oh, that. And by the way, I spun around in my chair and I checked. <laughs> <laughs> I I wanted to see. I'm like, okay, I think my hat's left. Wait, hold if on, I turn maybe, around, 
Maybe yeah, that just, day he was playing for Shreram. We don't know. <laughs> we know. Maybe it was like a team that he got on. All right. How about um, who's next? Oh, Brendan Davis. Mm. Did he get Ooh. DFA two today, Mike? No, All he right. did not. So, you know, I love Brendan. I'm, I'm going to be the first. You know, I'm a big Brendan guy. Um, we had him at Club 400 at the Christmas party last year. Uh, great, great dude. Very, very friendly. Love him to death. Um, I would just say this. Don't give up on a kid like that. And, and this, with the minors, that can happen. We, we've seen it with Justin Steele. Uh, you saw it with Miguel Amaya. That develop is not, you know, it sounds, you know, I know it sounds like Jed Hoyer, but development is not linear, and he's a guy that just has a lot of talent. Now, is it going to be for the Cubs? That outfield is just super crowded as it is. I don't know 100%, but I would not uh, I would not give up on him. I think he can still have a successful major league career. Another it's, outfielder, though. But I'm not, I, like I just said, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be with the Cubs, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't just dismiss him like yeah. some people are. Based on his current trajectory, though, like, he fits in after the happen Suzuki contracts are gone. He should um, have been there this year. Yeah, I mean, if he hadn't gotten hurt, he might have been up last year. Yeah, that yeah, last know, year was but, his chat. That was his no. shot right there. And then that it, the injury was just a nerve injury. It was a fluke. Um, you know, and I mean, just, the talent's still there. Yeah, absolutely. This right. was a guy that was the futures game MVP, just like Miguel Amaya was. And then. Yep. You remember how many, you know, Miguel Amaya, I think, had Tommy John. He had uh, an issue with his foot, and then all of a sudden, you know, basically dropped almost off the list of the top 30 prospects. And then all of a sudden this year, he comes roaring back. I mean, these are some we of these guys that a- we're talking about are, are uh, blue-chip guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have that talent. It's not going to go away. When he's, he's still so young. I mean, it seems like we've been hearing about him forever, but we've been hearing about him since he was 19. Right. He'll, he'll be 24 next season, and that's he's still got plenty of time to get up. John Pincus is going furious. He 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 does not believe the the Fernando Rodney right bill to the right hat to the right. <laughs> he, he he doesn't believe it's to the left. He thinks it's a right guy. He's this is very he's he's putting well, videos up. We 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 put up a picture. Like what is <laughs> the picture is good enough for me. I was wrong. Yeah yeah, yeah we we did have a picture of Fernando. That's, that's also the second picture of hats left. Yeah of hats left and. I'm sorry, but it's not, uh, you know, you, you, this, this is not a Trump one sort of situation. <laughs> I, know, I, I, I think John Rodney hat reality is on images. Cause that's all I'm doing here. <laughs> I can say that I, I know John Pincus is more like an alternative facts guy. Alternative. Oh, facts. Look, yeah. Nope. Pincus. Literally, hold on, it's coming up. It's more like his hat goes where it goes. And then he all lives matters the fucking thing. Like he's like it's both, to be honest. All lives matter, John. Shut the fuck up. So now we're both sides in Rodney's hat. Right. So both, both sides of the hat. Well no. So I am I am pretty look get back to Davis because we're on, on D's only. I, I have to say thank you to John because that Made me laugh a lot. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking, crack open another one, Cotton. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe 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 that's a little zombie dust working on me. Yeah, we're, we're, you're getting zombie dusted right about now. Um, for Brendan Davis, I'm gonna be like, I'm kind of, I I don't think there is a path for him to the Cubs. That I'm like, and I feel bad about that, but you know, there's other people that 
I think deserve a shot like Canario over Brendan Davis, even well, if he I, were to get healthy again. I got thumbs up because I still think he may wind up being traded, and the Cubs might get some value out of that. Who would you this is just for Pincus. Okay, let's 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 see all the. <laughs> it's all this is an entire screen of left. Every team he's ever played for. Well, except for like, look at that one in the middle. Ooh, where yeah, it's in the middle. Who is that? Evolution of Fernando uh, Rodley. That doesn't even look like. No, that, that looks like it's photoshopped. Say, that looks like yeah, my that's... podcast hat. Yeah, that, that's Photoshop. That doesn't look real there. They put the San Diego hat. They they actually moved the logo over so it's straight for them. Okay, we we need to see the actual like thing. Everybody's hands for Brennan Davis. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan, but I'm, I'm like kind of done with him. Like, you know, it just didn't work like out. It's over. I don't see a space for him on yeah. the team. It's just over. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm still giving him thumbs up. I look. I was. He he he's had a a a, a rough time, but yeah, I still I, I just don't see his path here. They got other guys that didn't have a rough time that are fine. Estrada. Jeremiah Estrada, the kid throws hard. Didn't really work out at the major league level this year. Um, ended up with he it. got outrighted oh. today too. Oh, all right, forget him. Tug well, the probably- everybody's down. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Estrada, optimistic on him. Go find John Punch. I would, I would say with Estrada, um, there were three guys that I was really high on in the minors that I thought were going to really contribute, and it was Jeremiah Estrada, Nick Birdie, and uh, Cam Sanders. And unfortunately, Birdie had appendicitis. I thought Estrada was good, but I think like he was used in weird situations by Ross. Go figure. Um, I, I and then when he went back down to Iowa, he struggled and had to go to the Arizona Complex League, um, he where came they back, he was good. Yeah, where he where they were working on some things, and he comes back to Iowa in September, and that was the player that I was expecting to see, and so. Like I said, and they, they, and they they dumped him today. Well, no, no, no he's just they, not on the forty man roster. He cleared waivers. Yeah. So the, oh, he cleared waivers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I did. So, so the three guys on. that cleared waivers and got outrated today were yeah. um, Birdie and, and Estrada and uh, who did I mention earlier? Oh, you're saying they got he's off the forty man. So off the forty man. Yeah, but so. he's okay. You need to be clear here because when you say that, it's like oh, now he's out on waivers and he's going to get gone. But you know, you're saying he got outrighted to the uh, minor league. Team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on whether he has to take the assignment or whether they'll have to work with him to sign a contract. But, oh, okay. Yeah. But I expect he'll, they'll bring him back because since he cleared waivers. Um, I, I heard his big problem was they kept wanting him to do a sweeper and he was doing a swiper. And it was, and it's just <laughs> swiper, never no swiping. No swiping. <laughs> yeah, swipe, swipe right. Um, <laughs> or left if you're Fernando Rodney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> If you're Fernando Rodney, you swipe left. Seth, don't time. swipe right. Um, the, how do people feel about uh, maybe Crawley? Do you feel like doing a bitch clock? Sure. All right. And we it. have a, I, I keep forgetting to I do. Did one a few minutes ago. <laughs> so, Pinkus um, <laughs> says, I, I, "Did Birdie get like a Civil War era appendicitis? Who knew that guy <laughs> would be out for so long?" So we've got a, quite a few categories here on the bitch clock. Um, yeah, it's with, causing the pitch clock, bitch clock to lag. It's barely moving. I know. It's lagging. It's barely moving, but maybe it'll spin fast. Um, 
People who uh, – here's the uh, categories. People who forget the Cubs won the 2016 World Series. Boomers, prospect perverts, Cardinals, Brewers, homophobes. Jesus made the pitch clock wheel this time. Pit, uh, the pitch clock made uh, the bitch clock. Ian Happ, marathon runners, <laughs> life after death, Cubs front office, Cubs manager, Phillies losing to AZ, Iowa guys behind home played in AZ, players – that have to face that players have to face the media and umpires don't, and that shit Bambi, I I E um, Boog, uh, is better when he calls games for other teams. Here we go. We're spinning it, uh, Crawley. I think we'll put you in the bitch clock first. Man, I hope I don't get Jesus. I'll get canceled. Oh, oh, you're going up against homophobes. <laughs> homophobes. Oh, yeah. good lord. So that, well, that's what the whole, that's what the bitch clock said. Uh, should I give you the sixty or the thirty? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll we'll uh, here we go. You have sixty seconds. Oh, no, I'll give you the thirty. Block, you have thirty seconds to bitch. Wait. Guys, we are now in 2023, 2024. Do we still have to deal with homophobes? I'm so tired of them. And I can tell you the one thing that annoys the living hell out of me is when each team does their pride night. And sure as shit, the homophobes all run out and say, well, when are we going to have straight night? When are we going to have Christian night? Can you just get over it? It's one goddamn day. Who gives a shit? It's 2023, 2024. Love whoever you want and just get that shit out of baseball. Stop your bitching. 100%. That was, that was well done. excellent. Did a much well better done. job than I, I did figuring out the uh, layout of the, <laughs> of the bitch talk. And I was like, I, I just gave up until the end. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember how it works. Hour <laughs> three were hitting here in the marathon show. So my brain, I'm like, how does this work? Um, so, um, you know, good job, Crawley. Uh, now I got to figure out how to get us back. <laughs> <laughs> right now, there we go. The only thing anybody can see is just Crawley's face, <laughs> as big as possible on the screen. And it looks like my fly the W Bill Watts sign is uh, giving me uh, some like 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 glow. It looks like I'm holy right now. <laughs> exactly, you've got a halo. You should have done so, the Jesus one. So we're gonna add to the stage again the uh, bitch clock here, and we're gonna spin it here for Mike. Give it a spin. I, I hope you get Jesus. I really want somebody to get Jesus tonight. Oh, you get that players have to face the media, but umpires do not. So uh, first I'm going to practice this. I'm going to put you in the proper place. (laughs) And then we're going to do the bitch clock. You have 30 seconds to bitch. Umpiring is hard. There are a lot of calls. They have to do it in the moment. It's quick. They have replay now. But those calls matter. They're big. They can change the outcome of a game. It can change the outcome of a season. It can change a guy's earnings in his career. They should have to answer questions just like everybody else. What were you, what were you thinking on that play? What did you see? Why did you ask for help? Why didn't you ask for help? It's time. These are professional people doing a job, and they need to be held accountable and be just as accountable as everybody else. Stop your bitching. You're well, honestly the most polite bitcher we have ever had. That was a surprisingly hard one, actually. It was you know very what, though? Polite. That pisses me off, though. And, and here's the thing. 
Look, I am a union guy through and through, big union guy. But when they take a look now and you have um, umpire art, you know, all the different umpire scoring systems where you can see who the best umpires are, the most important series of the entire season should have the statistically best umpires. It's not freaking hard. And, and, and to me, I'm just – we're just going to put guys – some some of the uh, postseason umpiring was just – in the World Series was just awful. Guys that were 3 to 4% below average. That's horseshit, man. If you got a guy – who was it last year who didn't miss a goddamn call? Like 100 – I yeah. can't remember. Was it Pat Ho- – oh, God, I can't remember. Yeah, was it was. Holberg? I think it was Holberg. But but seriously, he should get a game. That's, that's how it, he should get all the games if he hasn't missed a fucking call. Right. I mean, if you're not in the top 10% of umpires as far as accuracy, then you don't get to be in the World Series. Make it a bonus for the guys that do the best. Make it performance based. Yeah. Well, and, well, and also it's, what is it? Hard to fire these guys? Is that the problem? Is that you, it, you can't get rid of an umpire once you hire him? He's just, it's, it's somebody that is so bad. It's like a Supreme Court judge. You just can't. There's nothing you can do. That's just the lifetime appointment. I mean, C.B. Buckner and Angel Hernandez make everybody look bad. Well, I mean, it's almost entertaining. I mean, after <laughs> and especially you know, if you get to that situation where you have the challenge. You know, I think C.B. the Buckner. ABS, the fact that they don't have it yet, is just ridiculous. It's worked in the Arizona Fall League. It's worked in the minor leagues. I don't understand. It's fun for the fans. I mean, I don't understand what they're it's doing. It's, it's it's simple. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike, you made a, a you made a good point. I've forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I told you to crack open another dust. I got to ask you, Michael Cotton, was that intentionally a 1969 scorecard above your left shoulder? Nice. Uh, this one up here? No, the other one. Isn't that your left? <laughs> it is. I can tell by by the way my hat is tilted. <laughs> is it intentionally? Yeah. Did you get that one so you could have 1969 in the background? Oh no, actually, that's 1962. That's why I was like, I got confused because I've got 1962, and then the other one is a 1982 uh, Quad City Cubs, and that's signed by Ernie Banks. Nice, but. Huh. Uh, yeah, that's no, that's a 1962 one, um, and it's it's not signed by anybody. It's actually somebody actually kind of half. It's it's, it's an Ot- it's an Otis Shepard, Otis Shepard, and if 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 you went to Wrigley Field this year, the Cubs actually did something cool, but they just didn't advertise it. They had a bunch of Otis Shepard's art, and his art oh, in the cool. late 50s, early 60s was just. They did uh, the the reprints this year. But oh, Otis Shepard. Cool. I, I honestly I didn't know that. I got it from. My sister-in-law for Christmas one year, she yeah. found it at, uh, you know, like some thrift store somewhere. And, and like I said, it's got writing on it, you know, yeah, like somebody 60. started to score a game and just didn't finish it. Like it's great. 62 and 69 both have their, their similar styles. That's why it looked like it. So I thought you got the 69 one. Nice. nice. Well, now, now I'm going to have to go look for that one. Thanks, um, Crawley. You gave me something to do for the winter. Um, <laughs> I don't know what what everybody's schedule is tonight. Now, Carly, you probably have to work in the morning. I, yeah, I, I got to get rolling. But if you guys got to get rolling, so I was thinking we'll just take a just a, a real quick break. But this time I'm going to play a Bleacher Bum Band song for Seth. Uh, right now he is at hour 
three-ish, so he should be probably heading back into Manhattan, and he'll be running down uh, the Upper East Side. I used to live there a couple times. I lived on Madison and 66th, and I also lived on 116th between 1st and 2nd. So that's my old stomping grounds. Uh, picture real, me on those streets. Real, 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 real quick, though. This, just so for those who are looking, this is the 62, Michael. This is the one you have over yep, your shoulder. That's the one I've got. And so they're both expansions because 69 added some expansion teams. This is the 69. Nice. Oh, okay, yeah, and you're right. Those, those were both expansion years. Interesting. Yeah. I have two things before we go. Pincus here in the chat says, did Birdie get, like, a Civil War era <laughs> appendicitis? Who knew that knock a guy out for months? Um, no, so it turns out after he had the uh, the appendix uh, surgery, they were, he was expected to be out for a few weeks, but then his UCL flared up, and that's the real thing that's kept him out. Isn't he the guy that his wife like put him like yes. supported him the entire time, uh, and then uh, he was like thanking her, and then he only pitched it two games, and now he's got to work his way back again. Although it would be cool if it, they did do like a, like a Ken Burns Civil War thing where Nick Birdie is like, dear wife. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is cold in Iowa, but I am rehabbing the best I can. Kind of <laughs> also, I have a picture of of a, a, one of our favorite umpires from Halloween. Hey. Uh, Angel, oh, Angel Hernandez with the blind stick. That's good. That's um, so bad. So, uh, yeah, so, Mike, you're welcome to stick around. I can stay. I'm good. Uh, but, uh, Crawley, we'll let you go. I know you have to uh, work, but I'm going to play. See you, Crawley. Gonna play a Bleacher Bum band song uh, just as uh, Seth is heading back into Manhattan. Um, I, I think I'll play. How about I'll play Cubs Time Machine? That's what I. So it's a B sider. Okay, mine. based on what Danny says and how I look at maps, these two things are not working. Like I, I feel like the map and where he's running and where Danny thinks he is. He was already in Manhattan. Sense to me. He's running back into Manhattan. We'll put the map up after the song. So go get him, Seth. Crawley, Crawley, thanks for being here, Seth. If you're lost, it's Danny's fault. (laughs) I had a vision. I had a vision just the other day. Travel back to 1908. The last year the Cubbies went all the way. Made a decision that I never want to come back again. I'll miss you all, but this place is heaven. Cause here the Cubbies are the champions. And I'm not getting back in that time machine. Saying goodbye to my old life Staring at a screen Unless the best damn Cubs team i ever seen Can't finally win it all in 2016 And chains. Overall pitching. Damn, I had hoped to see three finger brown. 
knows how to throw and mow the batter down. At least I can't afford the tickets now. Wow, oh wow. And I'm not getting back in that time machine. I'll drive a Model T, Ford, I'll tense and gasoline. Unless the best damn cup team i ever seen can finally win it all in 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not kidding. Don't bother coming here looking for me. Span could be watching Chicago win the World Series. I'm not getting back in that time machine. I'll root for Ed Rubak and Johnny Kling. Unless the best damn Cubs team I ever seen can finally win it all in 2016. And I'm not getting back in that time machine. If they don't call it a trough, they call Welcome back. Ho- hopefully that got him going. That's got a good, like, kind of gospel-y ending where, you know, maybe he's just heading down, like, Fifth Avenue, like, coming out of the Bronx, like, chugging down and just gave him that little extra energy. I hope that's what happened for, for I, That boosts me up a little bit. Yeah, that's a, that's a great song, and I have heard that so many times. And I think this is the first time I ever noticed the lyric, they don't call it a trough, they call it a latrine, and I, I laugh my ass off. <laughs> well, it's like an old-fashioned trough, you know, back then. <laughs> yeah, I'll meet you in the latrine, eh? It's not you to wait. <laughs> Come on, guys, you know. So uh, I want to bring a guy who, he's no stranger to latrines, uh, Eric Wheelo, Brewers fan. (laughs) Yeah. I was conceived in a latrine. Ballpark (laughs) is a latrine to some of their fans. This is true. 
Welcome, Eric, uh, to the Marathon Podcast. We've got Seth Kennedy running the marathon. He is uh, probably uh, back in Manhattan at this point, nearing an entry into Central Park. Um, so, And you're on the other side of uh, the country in California right now. I see it's even still light where you are. Oh, no, that's just uh, a lamp over here. That's what that is. <laughs> my sun lamp, uh, I'm working on my tan. It really you know, does look like, uh, you know, light coming in a window or something. Though. Yeah. Usually I get off the couch, I go get in a chair, I get some good lighting and a background, but I figure we're three hours in. Who gives a shit at this point? You know, yeah, that's, that's how we feel. Yeah. That's why we're having you on now. Uh, so. I, I said, uh, I texted you, Danny. I'm like, I'm going to come in hour three because I want you guys way in the deep end. And then I'm just going to drown everybody in this room. There we go. <laughs> Is he listening to this doing the marathon? Yeah, the, the, oh. he's, he's ending the marathon with your voice in his ears. Oh, poor soul. Unless man. his iPod I, I out. ahead of time, man. <laughs> I don't know. He's very fast. Like, I thought it was going to take him four hours to finish this marathon. Well, no, he's, he'll be done in uh, t- probably like a half hour, something like that. That's what he's aiming for. That God, he'll I be hope done. he's doing really well. Because Danny is just, I wow. feel like Danny's putting so much pressure on him. Like, he should be here. I'm rooting <laughs> for him. Not like you. You the keep trying one. to derail him. You know, you're like, you're like, oh, no, it's better to just never run and drink zombie dust all night. What are you doing, <laughs> Look at me. I'm the king of the world. Anybody that runs a marathon, I always feel like it's, uh, everybody compares their time to Oprah's in 94, and it was four hours and 29 minutes. So go beat it, buddy. Yeah, go beat Oprah. I don't know. That's. Anybody here? Ever, <laughs> anybody here ever run a marathon, Mike? You ever? I've done a five k, a few five k's. So that is not even close to a marathon. No, that's like one tenth of a marathon. <laughs> not even one tenth. There's no chance I would ever do a marathon. I've I've done a couple of half marathons, never full. So Johnny was on here earlier talking about how just the idea of a half marathon. Doesn't even make sense. It it really it just, doesn't have the word marathon in it. It's not fair to marathon people. <laughs> you know, it should be something else. They yeah. call it a bear. Like, it's like the Brewers. You ran a couple of half marathons. Why don't you just bullshit everybody and be like, "Yeah, I ran a marathon. I ran half of it in two thousand seven. I ran yep. the other half in two thousand twelve." Tom Trooper said he ran ten miles. And that's the most, that's very good. It's more than I've ever run. Here's a guy. I was was legally required to run one mile to graduate high school. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That was like the presidential uh, athletic standard, right? Exactly. (laughs) I think about six. I think it took me 12 minutes or something. Six six miles is the longest? I don't know what my longest run. I always stop. I've been back in high school when I was trying to be in shape for sports and stuff. But I I once. got just absolutely freaking hammered uh one night no. when i was in the army was that night tonight <laughs> no, no. you no way and uh i showed up the next day and i had to run like all morning uh with my military unit mm. right and it was like the entire post was doing this thing and we had to like run in formation and I was just reeking, like just straight vodka coming out of my pores. I was just like 
people around me were like, holy shit, man. Like, how the fuck are you out here with us right now? We were running five miles that day. And my my first sergeant thought he'd be smart as shit and just be like, hey, Cotton, you know, you dickhead, like, get out here and call Cadence. And uh, that was such a mistake because I was having a good fucking time that day because uh, <laughs> I was still drunk and just running. Just like, all right, I'll come out. Did I start calling Beastie Boys lyrics? He <laughs> 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 was just like, nah, go, go back in there. Well, I wonder if uh, our next guest, I'm going to bring him on too. It's the bass player and my old friend for the Bleacher Bum Band. It is Guy Serious, Jared Gable, or off-season guys. He's going to be called, <laughs> identified as tonight. Uh, but welcome uh, to the, hour, the final hour of the marathon podcast. And have, have, you, have you run marathons? You seem like a guy who would be like, yeah, I ran four of them and then I quit. I love that you think I, I maybe have, but no, I've never run anything probably more than a mile or something like. But Seth Kennedy is running one right now. He's doing it. Only a couple miles to go. Um, yeah, let's, let's just keep encouraging him as much as possible here, you know? He, yeah. he's, and he's going by the Met, the Guggenheim Museum. Um, you know, I, I lived in New York. How many miles distracted? 20, what's that? How many I miles said, don't get distracted. at this point? What, sorry. How many oh. miles is he in? I don't, uh, he should be at mile 23. So oh, he's got man. like th- three more miles to go, Damn. yeah. Pinkus wants to know who wins the sausage race 1K. <laughs> I don't even know how far 1K is, but I'm not that far. It's not no, even, it's it's. I not. think everybody everybody wins because it's just a joyous thing. I mean, a, a one k. <laughs> we're all winners watching sausages run for yeah. what fourteen <laughs> to twenty minutes straight. I it's honestly think it would be super fun to have a sausage race with uh, Randall Simon behind them. Chasing them. Chasing them with a bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um the reverse so yeah, carrot in front of your head. Yeah. So we got Seth entering Central Park, passing the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Uh how do you guys feel about art? <laughs> well, <laughs> when you, uh, you, you into art? You know, we're, we're at we're at the last hour. We don't call a man with no arms and no legs. Yeah, you know, I just think Seth should be careful if he sees people running by him delirious with their arms flailing around and they're running much faster than everyone else. Just steer clear. They're probably near their point of freezing up. You know, that thing Johnny talked about earlier. Not going to happen to Seth. Just letting him know. Yeah. Yeah, and if anything happens, he can just go find the bird lady from Home Alone 2 and just cuddle up with her. She'll <laughs> sure. him right back no, he's got that. this. He's <laughs> yeah. got this. He's in that bliss point, 23 miles in. It's just easy ride from here. You know, he's made it so far. He's got this. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about, the bird lady from Home Alone 2, but as yeah. soon as you said it, it made me think of the chicken lady from Kids in the Hall. Okay. <laughs> Am I the only one that watched Kids and All? That made me think of chicken, which made me hungry. (laughs) It's squishing your head. And it made made me wish I had some cheese curds. Eric, I went to very recently. I went. Great transition. I went. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for derailing it. Professional right there. (laughs) I recently went up to the Outland Mall up there in Pleasant Prairie. 
Okay. And by the way, they are not giving this little side note. They're not giving tours of the Jelly Belly Factory any longer. That's off the. <laughs> they no longer get the belly flop irregular Jelly Bellies, so that's a, a shame. Uh, mm. But I I went to not Mars Cheese Castle, but another place called the Brat Stop. Are you oh, familiar yes. with this place? They had they had TVs everywhere, an old school bar, and I had some giant delicious cheese curds that. I, uh, the the waitress comes up and goes, hey, I know you guys ordered a small, but we gave you a large. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's my lucky day. Didn't even charge us more. It was incredible. It sounds perfect. Uh, yeah. So tell me That's about uh, so tell me about uh, Mars Cheese Castle. It's a ripoff, right? It's a ripoff. I mean, it just sounded like you upgraded immediately. I'll tell you about Marge's Cheese Castle. When I was on the poor side, I used to fly into O'Hare, hop on the bus, and one of the bus pickups is at Marge's Cheese Castle. So you could just get off, go have a couple beers, a couple pops before you go see your family for Christmas. Get on the next bus. Who cares, man? Have a blast. And then, you know, (laughs) head on into Milwaukee. It's a pleasant place, man. Sounds amazing. And if you eat a bunch of cheese, you are not going to have to take a dump on the bus. <laughs> exactly. Stops you up. <laughs> oh, God. I, but, I, but uh, you know, side note, I did once take a dump at Mars Cheese Castle. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, it's really all coming full circle. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean. But, In a latrine, right? Do you have any yeah. photos, Danny, show for that? No, I, I, I don't. <laughs> Do you know they have apps for that? But my, my niece is, I don't know if she's still doing it because I, but it, there's an app where you uh, mark on the map where you've pooped. So different <laughs> oh. places where you've taken a dump and your friends, you can follow your friends. Hey, look, they're taking a dump at the Eiffel Tower. Oh, look, they're taking a dump at the ballpark. Hold yeah. on. This could be really useful for finding a public bathroom in Seattle. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like or if you identify as a kitten or a cat. <laughs> like a litter box that you could find yeah, you, could just, you know make your marks around and stuff like that so i don't know if you ask my cat he just he craps wherever he wants yeah he knows where he's going now <laughs> really that's not good right i bet you had to take craps really terrible places when you were in the army did they make you, you take craps in bad places do you just have a feral cat in your house? Like, <laughs> kind of. He crapped in my hat before I put it on. Do you he just call it yours? Yeah. He, he does not poop in his uh, litter box, and he barely pees in there. He will pee in there. Uh, he just waits until we let him out. No. Oh. And then he drops the deuce somewhere else. So, but, Danny, you were saying in the Army, I went to uh, NTC. That is the National Training Center in uh, California, and uh, we were out for two weeks, two weeks in the desert, and I shit zero times for two weeks. I absolutely just held it because I did not want to have to, and the day before we left, we were back, and we were like, you know, packing up all the shit. I had to go. Well, yeah. And so then I had to go into a porta potty in the desert. <laughs> That's even worse. Was, it was June. It was hot. Is this an outhouse or a porta potty? A porta potty, like a <laughs> green blue sided yeah. thing Ugh. in the hot desert. And I was in there like 45 minutes. Oh, God. <laughs> it was one it's of the worst things that ever happened to me. 
<laughs> yeah. Always avoid a porta potty. I was once in a French cafe and they, I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, can I use your, can I use your bathroom? And, and I like, you know, drank the coffee. I was like, and like, yeah, but the law, they, they sent me to the back and I go in the back and there was just a hole in the floor and some handles. And I was like, oh. And that's what that's the way you did it, but let me tell you, man. It, it, this is, it, it, Danny was, like, was in France in 1921. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a while ago. Cubs, Cubs had recently won the NL pennant. That's where the Time Machine song came from. Yeah, yes, exactly. Some government regulation is good that way. I'm trying. Hopefully, we're not derailing. Uh, this is how Seth seizes up and just like, well, then they went in hour three. I was about to cross the finish time and they got all scatological on me. <laughs> I think we're doing like, fine. Oh, uh, anyone else? Right anyone now. else have any more toilet stories? Sure, I spent seven years working for a traveling renaissance festival. My booth was right next to like the main privy area, so there's like a dozen porta potties right there. About twice a season, we'd catch somebody using it for recreational activities. Who the hell's going to do it in a porta potty? Oh my I god! Where to God? Oh. <laughs> it's at least twice a season. A spicy yeah. wind. I mean, yeah. even even if I look at porn where people are in like a normal like a their bathroom at home, I'm like, yeah. that's disgusting. I'm like, I can't imagine doing it in the porta potty. Eric, that's a good point. Maybe they're using the app for that. Like, yeah, hey, I'm not like, just pooping in here. <laughs> <I poop. laughs> you know, something extra. Yeah, it's so, a, uh, a blumpkin in a porta potty. I mean, that's a thing, right? Question is, <laughs> you're looking yeah, at the guy, app and you're like, they want to check. You know, that's just I'm one sex of positive. I'm not shaming anybody on this. Podcast. Yeah, you're looking at the app and you're like, oh my god, I know where someone has their pants down right now. <laughs> yeah, kill, kill <laughs> you two just birds. Have to with, get there quick. Kill two birds. I mean, uh, the <laughs> the other question is like, which card? <laughs> Which part is the happy ending? Uh, <laughs> That's my question. Getting out of there. <laughs> Which part? <laughs> you can feel relief both ways. Um, sure. I was, in, I was in Amsterdam once. <laughs> <laughs> please, please keep it going. <laughs> I was. Uh, my so Airbnb was a boat <laughs> on the canal. That sounds like fun. Yeah, but there's not a working bathroom, so they call it a, a captain's toilet, and it's just a five-gallon bucket with a toilet seat on it. And <laughs> so you literally you shit with a five-gallon bucket, then you got to go to the front of the boat, and then you got to dump it into the canal. Oh, that's ridiculous! Oh, gross! Into the canal? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed. I thought to Anne it. Frank had it bad. Come on now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh, with everything going on, too, Eric. Uh, sorry. Okay, yes. I'm sorry. sorry, sorry. Well, I just crossed swimming in sorry, Amsterdam Seth. canals off of my list of things I want to do. <laughs> my my bucket list. Now I'm not even going to call it my fucking bucket list anymore. They drain those canals pretty much once a year, and they find all the bicycles that everybody just throws in their drunk. Really? No, yeah, nobody locks up their bikes. They just leave them outside of the bars and stuff like that. You know so, what's really um, funny about all this? 
We've just spent like 20 minutes not talking about baseball. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, we were talking shit, which is pretty much has the same any, thing. Has anybody experienced this in Europe where they make you like, you're going to shit your pants and then like you go to a public bathroom and they make you use like a, the rarest Euro coin to like get into it? They like charge you in Amsterdam. And I'm like, I don't yeah, know. What to there's do some that. lady sitting there being like, like, Do you have a hay penny for the loo? <laughs> yeah, it's like some, some weird 75 cent piece you got to come up with. And you're like, I don't know. Here's all of the change. I don't know how much it is. Just take it. It's like $80 worth of freaking euros that you gave her just to get in. Yeah, I know. I've been there. Pooped it all a bit all around. Oh uh, no, but um, yeah, I've never held it in the desert though. I did hold, I did hold it in Canada one time because I was afraid mm. of that outhouse because uh, and there were bears around, and I was like, "It'll be just my luck that I'll be inside <laughs> this outhouse when the bears like, oh, what is what's going on in there?" And then uh, you know, so I that's the only time I, uh, Danny, what are you talking about? Everyone knows bears shit in the woods. <laughs> Not in the porta potty. That was the Pope. Oh. Um, sorry. <laughs> you ever, you ever so, been in an outhouse and you had such a big one and it's it's kind of full and it plunks down and then it shoots back up with the spray uh, and everything that's in it? Dude, I, I don't that's think that's happened to me. That's happened to me. <laughs> uh, uh, just so with a lot of pride. I don't know. Not my worst. Right. Not even a top but, 10 worst okay. day for this guy. <laughs> Well, so yeah, we've we've been talking twenty minutes about shit. <laughs> so, Danny, well, give us give well, our us teams are, our team for shit this year. So yeah, well, the, well, your team give us, that bad. Give us our everything. worst player on this forty man. Um, <laughs> oh God, uh, here we go. He's gone though. Michael Fulmer. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, he was next in the in the. Now here's somebody you don't remember that was on the team. Uh, Michael Fulmer's injured. He's not going to pitch next year, I believe, is the situation. We didn't have him anyway. I don't think we had him under contract. No, he was a free agent. Was he yeah. on the Tigers at one point? Yeah, yeah he, he, he won Rookie of the Year or something like that. Yeah, he was, he won Rookie of the Year. <clears throat> Tenton Cy Young was an all-star, and then he got hurt. Um, now, here's another guy that I believe was on the Tigers, Shane Green. Do you remember his? Yeah. His long tenure, two games <laughs> – Three innings pitched for the Cubs. He was going to come up for that doubleheader and start, and then they brought him up and didn't pitch him at all. That's oh yeah, like us. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> right the Cubs brand. brought somebody up and then didn't use him. Didn't use him. That's yeah. Zagging just when you think they're going to zig, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but Eric, you said our team sucked. Is that how you really feel about it? That you were you're out in the first round. Did you bet on the Diamondbacks? You said you were going to bet on the Diamondbacks after they beat the Brewers. I did. did because it's the it's the Brewers streak. It's the Brewers curse. You beat the Brewers in the playoffs. You make the World Series. I think it's like do it. So we can just get in the playoffs. Damn it! I know you guys could have got there. We uh, but as a uh, we had Dexter Fowler on the show work on. He said you shit the bed, and you guys did. I mean, it was right there. It was right did there. That ease the pain. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm so used to it at this point of just being better than the Cubs. I get no joy from it anymore, guys. I'm, uh, not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making money off the dollar. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that definitely did. That that yeah. did. But but as used to as I'm beating the Cubs, I'm used to the Brewers losing in the playoffs. So this has just become normal at this point. Wow, that yeah. is a lo- that is a long. I'd rather go out sooner. You know, less less pressure later than 
you know, choking at the end like that, like you guys usually do. Just choke early. <laughs> Have you guys talked about going counsel at all in this whole situation? Yeah, well, what's happening with that? Like, he's going to the Mets. Ooh, Craigers is doing the little tour to tour to force and talk about a marathon. He's interviewing. He interviewed with the Mets. He interviewed with the Guardians. There, uh, there's talks he's going to interview with the Astros, get the best deal possible, bring it back to the Brewers, and basically, from what I'm reading, is he's told the Brewers, if you can match it, I'll come back. And the Brewers being the Brewers, being the good enough gang, we will probably not match it because we just want good enough baseball. And it sucks. So you you really are kind of a little, uh, I guess, whipped by this team right now. You you seem a little licked. Like you know, it, it, it's got to be frustrating to year after year get close and uh, no cigar. And you really were the best team in the division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before, no, before I thought Seth this was team running. Was, and I mean, some people are doing that. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Guys, is making uh, choking motions towards Eric Wheelow right now. No, you guys choked. We just lost. All right, we got it. Oh, I see. None of us could beat the Diamondbacks. That's true. The Diamondbacks never should have been there. They got whipped. Thanks, Manfred. I guess I'm just wondering: Are you out on the team right now? Are you just like, all right, I've seen enough. You know what? I'll see you in a couple years. If you guys get it, some shit going again, uh, maybe we'll pay attention to you just like that guy that was around when OJ killed that woman. Right. Where are you on the Cato Kalen scale? Yeah, where are you on the Cato Kalen scale? Cato Kalen scale? I mean, I cannot be ever on that scale of <laughs> narcissism and ego and C, D level celebrity. No, I uh, can't do it. Uh, am I out on the Brewers? No. I. I think I, a lot has to do with – well, we'll see what happens and shakes out with this Craig Council thing. I'll be more out on the Brewers, obviously, if he moves on. But just even look at it like, you know, we're getting all these projections of where the free agents could go and the Brewers aren't on any of the projections of potential teams these teams could go to. Like, there's rumors like Carlos Santana would be back, fill that spot at third. But, like, I don't see a spot where the Brewers are spending a shitload of money to make this team better. It's just we bring these great players together and the – the only thing that's worked is Craig Council has found a way to win with them. And without him, does the magic still exist? That's why I'm out. Like, that's the big question. Does it exist without Council? Yeah. It, it, I mean, I, I've seen him work wonders. Like, he's, mm-hmm. just, he, he really just kind of makes, makes more than what's, uh, is there out yeah, of is, is Woodruff going to pitch it all next year? Uh, hmm. Ugh. Not in the first half, for sure. No, not in the first half. That's going to be rough. If at all. Well, the whole, and, and Burns, it's like, what do we do with him? They said we're going to go into the season with him, probably trade him at the deadline. I mean, you, we're never going to re-sign him, so you got to dump him off, get some talent back. Where's Yeah, where's your land? What's that, Where does he land on? Is, is, he, is, he, is he a free agent soon, or is he still under team control for a little while? Yeah, Peralta's around for a little bit. I think we got him for another two, three years because we locked him up in arbitration years. So yeah, got him on the cheap. And, you know, Woodruff, probably get him on a team-friendly deal, get let him do a little rehab and come back and see if he still has it. But he's never proven that he can stay healthy. So there's no proof in the pudding that he can be the guy. And, like, losing him right before that playoff run, I think it just really demoralized the team. He's crying at the podium. Just kind of took the wind out of the sails in a lot of ways. Uh, but 
we got a young core, got a great farm system, had a lot of rookies come up and perform this year. So there is excitement there that this team can find a way to still be good with some of the homegrown talent. But I mean, I look at your team and I'm like, it looks like you guys are going to make some splashes like Bellinger. That's got to be a lock, right? No, it, it, that's we don't know what they're going to do because they've shown themselves to be pretty risk-averse and pretty – I mean, they still haven't given out a $200 million contract. And that's actually my question that I wanted to ask uh, Jarrett is that do you see the Cubs doing anything in the offseason to improve the team to at least to the 85-win kind of trajectory? Or do you see them just kind of liking – the sneak in approach and and fill in those bleachers. Yeah, I think they'll, they're not going to make a huge splash of the big contract. They'll do some eighty million dollar four year contract with somebody that's you know like reasonable and like fillable and somewhere you know they'll sign a starter. But they're not gonna they're not gonna make a big deal. I mean, I don't just don't think that they believe in this team actually enough to do that. I don't know. I think it's almost. I'm not sure if they're planning on winning with Ross. Or if they're going to wait and see how it goes. I mean, I don't know. You know, I just don't see any enough change to see them doing anything big. What do you think? Well, uh, Mike, what do you think? I wanted to you to weigh in. Like, where do you see them on the on the the? Will they open up the pocketbooks? They well, you know, this is, this is the perfect opportunity to plug Mike's show because this week's episode is all about how uh, other teams are pillaging. Our uh, front office, yeah, and I mean, our coaching staff. I think they've done. I don't like how they did it, but I think the farm system is better. I think there's a decent young core coming. I think there's a lot of there's money coming off the books. They have money to spend, and I think this is the season. I'm reasonably optimistic they're going to do it, make a big splash or two. But if they don't, that tells us a lot. If they don't do it this year with Bellinger available, with Otani on the market. You know, with a couple being able to trade for Soto and pay him thirty million dollars and look at possibly convincing him he'll hit free agency, but try to convince him to look at Chicago as a long term option. If, if they don't do any of that, then they're just not going to. Yeah, I just wonder if they're going to wait until they see if some of these young guys really overperform before yeah. they go all in. You know, it's just kind of that wait and see approach and I don't think they care that much as long as everybody's filling the bleachers and if you can make it in with 84 wins and keep everybody interested all the way through September what incentive do they really have to spend all that kind of money for a big star if you're going to go show up and just watch the good enough gang if you want to make central freaking do you want to make money sign Otani they're not making enough money off Otani to pay for that contract I mean you think so you think they could could even raise the prices of things Signed him. It seems like. Oh, yeah. It might. It might just a plug. What's the name of your show uh, on on the air? Cubs PS Plus. There it is. I see a world where it's like these Cubs, and you look at some of these free agents. Like Bellinger's got to come back. Like, what do you do with uh, Hendricks? Is he coming back to the team? Like, I could see you guys making a splash for like a Sonny Gray or like a a Jordan Montgomery. Like to like hold serve, do enough to keep that fan base happy, solidify that that starting five a little bit more. And it's like just enough to, you know, grease the hand for the fans a little bit, but then you just see what you got. I mean, is that how you guys are feeling about it? Yeah, I just don't know it's going to be enough. It might be enough for the Central, but it doesn't feel like it's enough for the league, if that makes sense. I'm more optimistic than you guys, but that's my default position. So, What's that? 
I love that. See, I'm and more I, optimistic uh, than you guys, but that's my default. I always love that about you, Mike. I've always, always yeah. said it. Always said so, it. So, so Wilo, I have a, I have a, a big question. I don't think I've ever heard the term "grease the hand." Uh, feed the and hand. I'm wondering what we're doing with that. <laughs> you're, greasing, you're greasing somebody off, right? You grease them in, in the outhouse. You know, <laughs> this baby. is quality content. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like out of nowhere. We're just talking. We, we were actually you talking never heard baseball, that? and then all the of a sudden, yeah. uh, I got I got really distracted with greasing the hand, and I thought to myself, <laughs> "Have I been doing this wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, the answer is always yes. Greasing. <laughs> uh, um, so I'm not sure uh, where we go from here. Like, uh, I love that, that was the big question. I was like, the, oh, "Who got the juicy one?" Or uh, for the baseball team. Uh, Jared, are you are you genu- genuinely uh, op- optimistic about uh, the future of the direction, the overall direction the Cubs are heading? Well, uh, no, but I was surprised that they did nearly as well this year that they did uh, as well as they did. So, uh, generally, uh, you know, I don't know. I, Personally, I don't think our farm system has that many pieces, but I know that it supposedly has a lot of pieces and stuff. I just, I don't believe we we don't develop players the way some organizations do, and we're not willing to sign big names these days. So I don't, I don't see how the Cubs put together a world class team that can win the World Series right now. I mean, it's theoretically possible, but I just don't normally see how it can happen. It feels like there's a bunch of pieces away. Uh, maybe a few less pieces than they were last off season. But yeah, still- I think, I think they surprised a lot and they definitely have a lot more going than we thought. They, I thought they would. Uh, I mean, they competed. It was surprising. They had a 97% chance of winning on September 1st, getting to the playoffs. So, you know, but then they became the team. They sort of were supposed to be the whole year a little bit, I guess at the end too much. Um, but nonetheless, nonetheless, I think, it shows they could they could do something anybody could so you always try. Well, I will say this much: uh, Seth, according to his timing, is about to cross the finish line, and I and I do have a song to play for that. So, and it's uh, it's a uh, Etta James cover that I wrote right after the Cubs won the World Series, and uh, so I I think I'll let. It's, it's literally just going to be Etta James at last, isn't it? No, it's going to be me singing Etta James that way. <laughs> <laughs> because, because we can't clear that Etta James money. Yeah, um, yeah well, speak for but yourself. Be- <laughs> but, but, but with that, uh, we'll let you go, Eric. I know you got a lot to do tonight, and uh, you as well. You can, you can stick around if you'd like, but I just, I'm giving you the out as I play this song. As Pretty sure time. Eric's out there greasing a hand or two. I'm greasing yeah. a ham, getting ready for uh, Easter. Greasing yeah. the ham. Yeah, greasing I'm the ham. For Easter. <laughs> I know people have real jobs. <laughs> getting the Easter ham ready for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of time. So as um, so I tell you what, if, if if you remove yourself from the room, I'll I'll take it that you're out. And if uh, and if you're here when we come back after the song, I'll take it that you're back in. So, All right, I might go make a drink, but I'll stick around. Fuck it. All right. <laughs>
You made it across the finish line just like the Cubs made it across the finish line or you're about to and that that was like cathartic and you're just like crawling <laughs> listening to Atlas as you uh what well, an amazing accomplishment Seth having made it as far as you have it's it's impressive 26 miles um and I did see this uh Eric you're back Mike's back we got Guy Sirius back here too. The whole hail, hail the gang's all back. Um, Eric, I did see that you remain as one of the six teams that haven't won it. Still, yeah, we because uh, of those uh, piece of shit Rangers. Now we're at the top of the list of uh, teams that have gone the longest to win a World Series uh, without winning a World Series, I should say. Uh, yeah, so. Just, just a little more feel for your fire uh, going into the next year, uh, but you guys will be quick to <clears throat> bring that up. You went 108 years uh, without winning one, so uh, we're still about halfway to that point. So exactly. I, I texted my cousin who lives in Arlington. I said, "Congratulations!" And he goes, "Took long enough." I'm like, "Who are you, who are you talking to? <laughs> are you fucking serious right now?" Like, what? Um, 
Cleveland's How up long to 75 is... years. Who did? Cleveland's Cle- up to 75 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and how long will it take till the Cubs win another one? Like, I don't know if I'll see one in my lifetime. I mean, they're supposed three. to be. You think three? three? All right. Listen, it's it's on it's on uh, tape or whatever we're we're doing right now. But yeah, yeah. Oh, Bur- three buried at uh, hour three forty four. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I got the list. Guardians seventy five seasons. The Brewers fifty five. Padres fifty five. Followed by the Mariners forty seven. Sorry, infill fly, and then the Pirates forty four. But the but the Brewers are, are the longest that have never done it. That's the issue. IFG, how yeah. long till the Cubs win another one? The Cubs? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be a fluke if they do. You think this they'll is win Cubs next- podcast. She's been doing this shit for months now, and she literally just went, the Cubs? Like, the what Cubs? are we talking about? <laughs> so you don't no, believe um- in this next core. Like, Mike Waller said three years, and you said, the Cubs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you came in with the energy I have game one, Brewers, Cubs, the start of season. Exactly. I don't know. I, I don't think the Cubs are trying to win a World Series anytime soon. So I agree. That's, yeah. That's I think if you want to win a World Series, you have to try to. Yeah. Get to sign Otani. They won't sign him. No. They, if they sign Otani, I would be so surprised, but that would – actually mean that they're going for it. I mean, I'm getting my first tattoo. I mean, you look at what Akuna and and Otani did this year, and both of them are doing things that players don't do in more than a generation, two generations, three generations, you know, ever. And both of them, I mean, Otani is pitching. He was 10 and five this year with a 3.4. And he was an amazing hitter. And, and Okuna is it, one of them is available. Yeah. Yep. So you, gotta, you do whatever it takes to sign him if you want to win the World Series, and that's the most important thing to you. But the Cubs already got their World Series, and they're not, it's not that important to them anymore, I don't think. But we'll see. It's too bad. To, you know what is unfair about the major leagues is that a team like the Brewers. Oh, Jesus. Nev- Hold on. Never you sound get- like a Braves, Yankees. No, but uh, it's true. Who, the who Brewers, Dodgers, the man They'll never. <laughs> you know what's unfair hit- about the MLB? My team didn't win. <laughs> no, the fact, no, the fact that a small market team is just out on all those guys. Like, yeah, we're yeah. not even in the conversation. You're not even yeah, in the conversation. You're never going to get that superstar. So you see that in the in that way that you've got to give the draft picks. You've got to give a little bit of extra. Like, you know, we don't make fun of the the compensation pick and how they the Cardinals make up these dudes or like the Brewers always have some young hot shot pen. But without that, without these prospects, they can't get good guys on their teams. You know, like well, they need these guys. You, Otherwise, you, yeah, but you got to do rule fives. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead, or sorry. you got to trade. You got to trade for like a Yelich right before he's about to peak, and then you get three solid years out of him. Kind of just what we did with Contreras uh, with the Braves. Like you, you get these guys right before they're about to hit their peak. You get three years, and then they go off get the big contract. And, and that's what the Braves do too. Yeah. And that's hard to identify, and it, it's and it makes me wish that all the teams, because it's not fair. Like Jed has a lot more money to spend. Then uh, who's your guy that spends all the money? Um, who's your general manager? Oh, Matt Arnold? Yeah, whoever. Yeah. So you, well, Stearns, 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 Stearns went to the Mets, yeah, but it's Matt Arnold now. So 
you know, but he doesn't have the money to spend. He's dealing with a different kind of budget and a different kind of scenario than our guy. So these guys aren't even playing against each other fairly, you know, in what kinds of off seasons they can even have. So it's the, like the Brewers are arguing against the city of Milwaukee right now to get uh, taxpayers to upgrade the stadium and do improvements in like. The Brewers are just, oh my God, they're just being such scumbags. They're trying to nickel and dime the city of Milwaukee. And we paid as taxpayers for about 20 years to build that stadium. Those deals Boom. never pay off. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That, that's the problem is, is the ownership is just ownership of all these teams. They could pay. They could all be in. There isn't really, this is a different era, right? Like we talk about how we can't, compare players in this era to players in the 60s and stuff like that because the eras are different well it's the same for owners what's a small market we can see any game anywhere anytime yep. we don't even have to pay for it you know and how it's long like, were they calling houston the small market it's like the fourth biggest market in the country yeah yeah, yeah. it is it, it's ridiculous all this yeah, shit well, is just old old narrative that they keep bringing up like saying the brewers are small market right well guess what they don't have to be because no. look at the bucks yeah. yeah look at yeah well, look at fucking green bay you want to talk about a small ass bullshit little town fucking green bay the only thing in green bay is lambeau field like the football is so different football pools all the tv money and all the teams get a cut, and they're all playing with the same cap space. Yeah, and if, NBA is exploding too. It's it's becoming a similar product, and it's global. You know, it's yeah because and, you need parity in the league. Like it's it, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to play. Oh, well, they're going to argue game. that this year's postseason tournament was parity. Well, it's yeah, so in well, the last 25 years, 16 different franchises have won the World Series. Yeah. So th I mean, there is some parity. There's some parity yeah, to it, but there should not be a, an A's team. Like, they didn't yeah. – I don't think they did enough to address the concept of tanking. Well, there yeah. shouldn't be a Bears team either, but – Well, I agree. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> Bears stink. But, like, the Rays are like miracle workers. Like, the, the Rays should be the A's, but they're actually well run. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, relegation. I don't know, like, br bring in – I would like to see a more global game in which they, well, they played more tournaments against, like, uh, oh, the World Series. Oh, okay, let's put your guys uh, – let's put the, the best Americans up against the best Japanese players. And we saw what happened there. That That's kind of a little bit of what I was saying before is you can't be half in. You can't connect – what we're doing right now the same way that they did it back in the 50s and 60s you need to just go all in and and change the league well like, once upon a time the owners of those teams were people who liked baseball who had a bunch of money they wanted to spend for fun and they were like i'm gonna go get this guy because he's a super cool player and i want the super cool player to be playing for my team and like the guy the guys who are running these shows now they do not care the what they think is really cool is when numbers go burr well and and i would say back then too though a lot of the owners made their money on the teams whereas Absolutely. like 
now owners don't like no they're just, just gambling they're they're gambling as much as anybody signing up for FanDuel yeah mm-hmm. well and also like the Ricketts they bought it for a billion they put a billion in to Wrigley so they say so they say we we have to take their word on that because it's their I bet word. they put a lot in. but you can hey, see there's a movie about it yeah they made their and that's probably <laughs> part of the billion. You know that's <laughs> you know well we had to make a movie and the plaque to congratulate ourselves for doing it you know and the the ceremony that we had to throw for ourselves for doing it that cost a couple G's but um no they did put a lot of money but now it's worth four billion so that's how that works but it's only four billion if you could sell it to another person with four billion dollars yeah. so no that's not true okay, they can sell as it. long as it's worth four billion bodies are very interested I've, I've heard <laughs> you can use that exactly. valuation to. Uh, take out loans. You can right. take out up to four billion dollars. What loans. Trump was doing on Mar-a-Lago, and yeah, that's how we got biblical losses. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And to me, it's like if you look at a team. Are like you that, saying Jesus was taking out loans he couldn't cover? <laughs> that's why they crucified him. Um, <laughs> shit, shit was real back then. Yeah, exactly. You can't pay your bills. <laughs> yeah, there you are. No, a pound before, of flesh before before debtor's prison. No, but but um, no. Now I'm derailed. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Wasn't Peter in debtor's prison? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, Peter. But it's quite common back then. Well, Judas, Judas got the, the silver. But yeah, I, yeah. I think Peter and Paul were in debtor's prison. The Book of Acts. Never mind. Not important. You got to grease Peter to pay Paul. You know? The old it's, book of Twitter. Exactly. Um. Anyway, oh yeah, I, I remember where I was going with this. So the Astros are basically the team that the Cubs they tanked at the same time the first time, and so the Astros were able to create sustainable winning this whole time in mm-hmm. multiple different ways, and they did it with Wall Street guys. So what I'm what I'm looking at is like maybe we don't have smart enough nerds. I don't know. Like they the might Astros were the ones that set up all the player development system. Like they were the ones that yeah. had the org that everybody is trying to copy now. Yeah, and yeah. we got we I got Stern. Like we yeah. want the nerds who are going to help us make money by playing baseball good and the Cubs got the nerds who are like we're going to make money by turning Wrigley Field into a tourist destination. Exactly. Didn't didn't we shut down like the Dominican minor league facility we had? Didn't they shut that down? No, they still have it. Uh, yeah, I think they still did. They spent a lot of money on that too. I mean, they had a they had the worst one in the majors. That's one positive thing the records did. It looks like a resort down there. It, oh, it's still nice. Okay, I thought they pulled money back from that. It's real nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, and they cut back on staff around twenty twenty, but yeah, still there. Well, like, can yeah. I circle back to Mike real quick? Like what he said was it's true. Like the Astros in the way with the nerds. It's it, you. you why is that franchise different than the Cubs? Why are the Brewers different? Stearns came from that tree with the Astros mm-hmm. and then groomed or developed Craig Council to be the manager he is. And now you see them and they're we're the two biggest guys on the market that were available to be a GM and a manager right now. It works. It does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and we got David Ross, who was yes. never going to ever be that guy. I don't think. And I, you know, I I don't see him. I don't see our tree as being a good nerd tree. Like we don't. I just don't feel like we have that 
system in place. Like I, that's where I, I keep coming back. Gardner to. tree is like a walnut tree. You ever had a walnut tree? They fucking suck. <laughs> like you think it's going to be like the, you, you look at it from the outside and it's a beautiful tree, but every fall there's just oh. a fucking shitload of nasty blackened garbage shit walnuts all over your yard that you want to get rid of. That's this team. All <laughs> summer long, <laughs> you look at them, and they're like, they're fucking beautiful. And then in the fall, you're like, oh, I got these fucking shit walnuts everywhere. <laughs> From the shit tree. It's like listening to Leahy. <laughs> Just kidding. When, when life gives you walnuts, walnuts, don't you make walnut aid? Is that a thing? Yeah. Can you, you make nut juice out of it? No, that's uh, that's awkward. Oh my god! <laughs> now we're back to the greasy, <laughs> greasy nut juice. Yep, here we are. Let's talk about, let's talk about poop again. Um, no, it's um, shit nut. It's it's almost over. Did we get confirmation? <laughs> it's almost over. Yeah, we're back to talking about shit. I don't have any TFCs because nothing's really been happening. I haven't been online. Oh, I have one. I have one. Okay, because we do have to get to the contest too. Oh shit! Oh, and remember when more you said you were going to give away four chance things? Yeah, I gave away two. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give away two more. Okay, so this was on uh, season tickets. Uh, on Reddit, they were talking about season tickets and crazy how some of these people on this sub uh, buying season tickets see this as an investment to make money with no intentions of going to the games. I compare you people to the hoarders who <laughs> bought the t- like 10 PS5s just to flip a quick buck with no intentions of ever playing it. You guys are scum. Oh, wow. He was... Not, not, not I can tell you it's no investment. I don't live in Chicago and have season tickets. And, yeah. you know, it's more of a lifelong dream, and it's like, I guess it, I, I say it's my boat. Yeah, but yeah, that was yeah. on the uh, – your boat. Yeah, that, that was on a, a thread about Cubs season tickets. So, And I love the idea that you just said that as your boat because that always reminds me of uh, the old saying, the best day in your life. No, the second best day in your life is the day you buy a boat. Mm-hmm. And the first best day in your life is the day you sell your boat. Sell your boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not wrong. So uh, we have a contest coming up. We'll close. We'll, actually, we'll close with this, and then we'll try to bring my tie guy on because my tie guy is in the green room. Oh, green room. I'm, I'm grabbing the, uh, the giant. We got five, four 5XL uh road jerseys they're huge i just want to show you oh and ifg came up with an amazing set of rules yeah he really worked on this look at the size of these suckers that's beautiful i'll, I'll, I'll model it for this is the bellinger one there's bellinger wow. morel there's uh you said talkman and, and uh swanson how do you score go. these well, they were accidentally ordered. Look how big this shit is. That's glorious. <laughs> For reference, what like what size t shirt do you wear? Like XL. Well, I mean this is an XL and it's a little big. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I could wear I mean I guess I could wear like but I'm like between an L and an XL, pretty much. Right on. This is five XL. <laughs> this is 
That's uh, awesome. I mean, look that's perfect that. for Morel and his 145 pound weight. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could fit like three Morels in this thing. <laughs> you could easily fit three Morels. Although Morel is so, pretty like jacked. You could actually so, fit two guys in there, uh, you know, with their arms around the, their waist and the, just their other arms out the armholes. So, so last week on the show, we had been fully intending to just come up with some kind of contest to give these things away. And then during the course of the show, it was suggested that we do something more like a project runway kind of situation where we give ranters these jerseys and let them make something out of it and then give a prize to whoever has the best design. So if you are listening to the show, if you are a ranter, you subscribe to our Patreon and you want to receive one of these ginormous jerseys to turn into whatever project of your dreams, what I need you guys to do is spend the next week plotting your plots and then coming up with a sketch for it. Drop it in the Discord. I'm going to make a Discord page for it. Drop your sketch in the Discord. I'll collect all of them. Um, Danny said that I have to participate, so I'm going to get one of the jerseys. Yeah, you got to get one, yeah. And then I need three people at least to draw a sketch of what they want their jersey project to turn into it can be anything you want now i not only accept but recommend that if you are not a a fiber artist uh in good standing yourself that you uh conscript some help does uh your i'm making a sketch yeah you you have a good friend who likes to sew make them help you (laughs) i fully recommend my neighbor my neighbor sews great idea um, so I'm going to get one. I'm going to make a thing. I'm going to do a sketch up. Uh, I need at least three other people to sketch. Yeah, what was up, Cotton? I was going to say, your mother out there is just, this is what she's been waiting for. You Absolutely. call her up and you say, I'm in this contest and I need some help with, with this. And your mother's going to be like, oh, my God, thank you so much. I get to spend time with my child working on this project. That's right. If if Mrs. Ranter wants to join in the fun, that's cool too. It can be anything you want. Make an evening gown. Make a wedding gown. Make a, you know, one of those cool chair things you can yep. sit on at the ballpark. I don't care what you do. We have a really huge jersey for you to work with. You can add <laughs> anything to it you want. Go full ape creative as you can on it. Um, so, But first thing I need is the sketches by, like, this time next week. Uh, drop it in the Discord. I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a channel just for the this contest. And then if we have more than three sketches, I'm gonna set them up uh, on a poll on Twitter uh, so that we can find out which the three best sketches are. If you're one of the three best sketches, we will draw lots for who gets which jersey. We'll send you the jersey. Then you'll have two weeks to make your project, and then we will do a judging on this show. If you enter in a sketch and you are not chosen for a jersey, still play along. You just have to find your own jersey and make it and make something with a jersey that you bring yourself. And and I want to say, look, if if you are not one of the people who win the sketch part of it and get a free jersey, you do your own jersey, you can still win the grand prize. Like totally. that's like you're still no purchase necessary. Yeah, yeah. You, you're you're just not getting the free jersey 
in order to work it. So work. Uh, Shit, let me work. I, <laughs> so I'm not sure Christmas? what you're gonna find another yeah. five XL jersey, but go for it. Hey, Christmas is right around the corner, and we do have a Ranters Carol party, right? We we Next, all make songs. December sixteenth. Yeah, we're That's gonna be saying inspiration. I might use that if I, if I was gonna do it. That might be mm-hmm. where my head would go. Tie it into the show. This we're gonna. We're going to try to bring Mai Tai guy on to have pretty much the final word, I believe. Mai Tai, are you there, Chris? Can we hear you? No, it's not working. It, we always have technical difficulties. I swear to you, he's... Well, a, whenever we see him, he's like in an alley. Is he at a bar? <laughs> it's usually a bar or an alley. Yeah, there's like... Hey, a, don't just stare. my old friend. No, I'm yeah. not disparaging. That's what I love. No, no, we love that. We just he's, he's maybe he's actually trying to, to get our attention. He's inside a coffin or something. Like he's been kidnapped. <laughs> he, needs right. he needs help. It's he's very he's possible. In, he's like when, he's, when he was in the green room. You did see him at some point. Yeah, he's like you, this is the only link I can remember. Um, right. So well, we're trying to have you on, Chris. If I don't know if coming out and going in, and I don't know if there's some issue, and you might be texting me actually, being like, "Ah, I can't get in." Hey, there he is. There he is. Like, oh, it's- yeah, he's frozen. He's frozen though, but we can see him. We can see him. Yes, in an alley. <laughs> behind the bar, <laughs> just like we thought. I, th- I think it might be a garage, actually. Um, <laughs> which could, yeah, it could be the alley. Um, <laughs> Chris, we can't hear you or anything, but it's nice to see your face and um, feel your presence. Yeah, feel your presence. Uh, Oh, he's here twice now. Somehow, there's a second Mai Tai guy. (laughs) Oh God! Oh my God! Um, Time warp. This space-time continuum might uh, explode oh, now. Wow. But I'll take this Mai Tai out. Maybe I'm here for this. I'm so here for this. (laughs) Double Mai Tai. All right. (laughs) <laughs> we have another the third one shows up i'm leaving is <laughs> he running with seth i prefer the two my time circles can we do both of them I, I, he, the one left i want a try tie a try because this is just by tie guy side guy <laughs> now we just side tie side tie guy we have pie guy it's 3.14 of them there we go pie tie guy there's pie tie guy Lie to a guy is when he's lying. I don't know. <laughs> oh well, we got to give away a uh, couple chances. Um, it's time. It's time. Even even for us, it's time. We, we got silly. Oh yeah. So uh, we're gonna draw it. Here we go. Uh, hashtag change in the chat. Oh, now this isn't even working. There we go. It started. Yeah, it's good. I think Seth. Whoa, Dominic. Okay, Dominic. Congratulations, Dominic. Congratulations, and we're gonna draw it again because I said I would. Yay, Dominic! The thing that you did is so much less impressive than what Seth did. (laughs) Seth should get the fourth one. All right, here we go. This one's going fast. Yeah, why don't you just get one of these? That's in there. Money, big money, no whammies. Alex, Alex, nice. 
All right. Well, Seth, you didn't win, but you did. But you did work really hard for nothing. Seth did actually put his name in to the chance, and it still didn't work out for him. Well, hopefully, well, he hasn't run it yet, technically. So we don't know what's. To be fair, we don't want to give him any sort of prize until we know he's finished. Well, we don't know. We're we're not giving out participation trophies here, folks. Yeah. If he if he finishes the race on Sunday, I'll send him something nice. <laughs> How about that? Um, well, How about uh, that? Mike Waller, uh, Jarrett, Eric, IFG, Michael, me. It's been real. That's hey, let's do one more thumbs up, thumbs down. It's oh, been yeah. real long. Oh yeah, yeah. Miles Mastroni. Yeah. Wait, oh, wait, yeah. Danny. Oh. How we had a forty man roster. How many players did we get through in we're four eight, hours? We're on Gomes. Do the math. Eight, right. eight, <laughs> rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. All right. Here we go. Uh, Jan Gomes. Gomes. Down. Uh, no. I'm, 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 okay. He's got one up, I got two a, up, three hold up. On, hold on. I got, I got to bring up the uh, baseball reference on it, though. Two down. I don't I don't have it all in front of me. Oh, wait. I, I do in this way. Hold on. Uh, what are you talking about? I'll show you. I, <laughs> no, we just, just need to read I'm out all organized. the names and just do a really yeah, quick up and down. All right. We're, we're doing – the only thing I don't have is the pitchers. Okay. Uh, but we'll okay. do – Miguel Amaya, we already did. Thumbs up. Jan Gomes. Jamer Candelario. Jan hey. Gomes down. Nico Horner. Up. Nick Nick Madrigal. I, I can't see this one. <laughs> Miles Masterbone. You guys got to go on the side, Eric. But I can't see. You I can't take do anything down and fucking read it out. I can't see it if it's not up there. <laughs> <laughs> Fool. <laughs> Matt Mervis. This is a fucking mess. Okay. Uh, here, here, I'll put you in the corner so you'll be happy. So you shut up about it. <laughs> uh, I, mean, Matt I don't care. Here. I'm reading it. My, uh, Matt, uh, Christopher Morell. Up, up, up! I'm, I'm. I got three. Swanson, Patrick Wisdom, Jared Young. All right, now we're going to the outfield. Kevin Alcantara, we already did him. Cody Bellinger, Alexander Canary, we already did. Pete Crow Armstrong, Brennan Davis, eh. Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, up. Mike Dockman. Then we got Julian Merriweather. Jesus Christ. Daniel Palencia, Ethan Roberts, Michael Rucker, Drew Smiley, Justin Steele, Marcus Stroman, Jamison Tyone, Keegan Thompson, Hayden Wisniewski, Jordan Wicks. Wicks. Bruce Killer. uh, I got to get the last one here, uh, which was the pictures. All right. And the last one has got to upload. Rapid fire. Albert Alzale, we already Jesus did. Jesus Christ, there's that many more? No, we already did a bunch of them. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Duffy, remember him? Tyler no. <laughs> Duffy? We already did a bunch of them. Uh, Kyle Hendricks. Cody Hoyer. Brandon eh. uh, Hughes. Caleb Killian. Mark Leiter Jr. Yes. And Luke Little. Wait, Mark Leiter Jr., sorry, I'm changing. Charlotte native Luke Little. And oh, my God. Friends. Okay, look, people. No, no, you're done. I know. I, I have to say, anybody who's ever wanted us to do fucking Cubs grades. You just saw him. I hope 
I hope you see why that doesn't happen. <laughs> exactly. We we and it started as a joke because we were actually really going to do them once, and <laughs> <laughs> we really were. Well, <laughs> when I'm, we do Cubs grades, it's going to be for 2015. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be our hackiest year. You know, that's what yeah. I'm looking forward to. Oh, I think we're I think we're coming up on our hackiest year, at least as the Sun Ranther show goes. Like, we're definitely. I mean, I you know, I barely prepared for four hours of material tonight. It's incredible. And we can tell. I didn't prepare at all. I, we were texting, and I'm like, should we look up people's names? Danny's like, nah, don't fucking worry about it. We'll just look at the names. <laughs> we just bring we'll our do, friends out and talk Cubs. We'll do it live. So, well, yeah, we'll <laughs> take it live. So, um, congratulations to Seth. I'm sure he made it. So, and thanks to everybody who made uh, it through, including us. Oh my so, god. I have to assume that anybody who made it through actually watching this live has done as much, if not more, than what Seth did running that marathon. <laughs> he only did one thing. Other people have, like, basically driven to work four times. They've, uh, you know. Seth is trapped in his own fucking creation of hell that he's running. He's and finished. all these other people could have gone and left and done anything else, but <laughs> they stuck with it. I'm saying that that's some intestinal fortitude, right? Yeah. There. Now he's wearing his little silver cape, walking around, walking around the west side of Manhattan. <laughs> silver cape because he's because <laughs> he's a superhero. That's why. Congratulations, <laughs> Seth Spagog. Oh, Spagog. This song is for you, Spagog. Hartnett, Ernie Banks, Ryan Sanford, Solly Drake, Sammy Sosa, Fergie Jenkins, Anthony Rizzo, Billy Williams, Andre Dawson, Jason Kendall, Davey Johnson, Roger Strisney, Nick Martini, Carlos Zambrano. Kerry Wood, Frank Chance, Charlie Root, Bill Hans, Mark Grace, Leon Durham, Ted, Lily Sparky Adams, Johnny Evers, Bob Rush, Jody Davis, Guy Bush, Manny Trio, Eddie Snakey, Billy Herman, Hank White. It's Chicago fire, and just kept on burning from the south to Irving. It's the Chicago fire. Woody English, Johnny Kling, Lanny Randall, Jeno Tang, Jimmy Ryan, Aaron Howland, Bill Madlock, Mark Pryor, Jack Fister, Lon Warnicky, Chris Bryant, Stan Hack, Side Block, Lou Johnson, and Brock, Ron Say, Vic Keen, Dexter Fowler, Willie Green, Kevin Foster, Sheriff Blake, Ryan Dempster, Sammy Drake, Bill Lee, Rick Sutcliffe, Jimmy Slagle, Lee Smith, Ray Sanchez, Mike Perez, Aramis Ramirez. Larry French, Derek Lee, Kenny Lawson, King Kelly, Mel Hall, Cleo James, Rick Russell Jr. Lake, Cass Benson, Hippo Vaughn, Gary Matthews, Gene Mock, John Lester, ML Cush, Harry Scott, the Glenn Rush. Uh-oh, Kiki, Kylo, Tom Burns, Greg Maddox, Pete 
the cut, Doug Glenn, the less man, Bobby Scales and Scanlan, Hank Sauer, Cal Hendricks, Larry Jackson, Bill Pappas, Jake Fox and Arietta, Phil Cavaretta. Chicago Fire had just kept on burning from the south to Irving. In the Chicago Fire, Wrigley would have burnt up, but it wasn't built yet. Terrence Gore, Sam Full, Bruce Sooner, Travis Wood, Jeff Reed, Bill Creed, Larry Cox, and Slavley, Sergio Alcantara, Steve Lake, Albert Almora, Dave Clark, King Cole, Marlon Bird, Ron Santo, Bob Fuel, Steve Trout, John Baker, Three Finger Brown, Rick Monday, Calvin Bay, Jeff Pico, Felix VA. Chicago Fire. And just kept on burning from the south to Irving In the Chicago fire Quickly would have burned up, but it wasn't built yet Ed Rulebach, Bill Dolan, El Tapini, Zimmerman, Ray Mac, Max Black, Matt Stairski and Hap Andy Pablo, Marvel Wynn, Mitch and Otto Williams Scott Bolin and Sanderson, Bob O'Farrell, Rick Wilkins Dancey Swanson, Silver Flint, Javi Baez, Danny French Chad Dan, Peaches Graham, Ray Grimes, Dennis Lamb Jimmy Shecker, Bobby Bonds, Larry Boa, Jim Edmonds Chris Morrell, Hiram Bithorn, Brian LaHair, Gerald Chicago fire has just kept on burning from the south to Irving. Then the Chicago fire would have burned the cups in 1871, Wrigley would have burned up, but it wasn't built yet. In the Chicago fire, I just kept on burning from the south to earth.